Welcome back to the State of the Arc podcast. My name is Mike. My name's Kason. This is our second episode of our near gestalt slash replicant. Really, it's the other way around. It's more replicant. It's more replicant it's more than More replicant than gestalt. At this point. <laughs> now, now, last episode was 50-50. Now it's like 80-20 and it's going to be 100% replicant. It, yeah, because the remaster's out. Um, it's out. It's been out for a few weeks. Yeah. And people should have been able to... Buy it, play it a little yeah. bit, um, catch up to, to where we said to play to last time. So we were saying yeah. play to ending A. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's a lot of game to cover. It is, it is, <laughs> it is. Uh, I, I am planning on getting through that in this discussion, but what that's going to mean is that there's more of the philosophical and maybe like character arc yeah. analysis that will probably have to be saved for later, and I'll explain mm-hmm. why in a minute. And this will probably be more focused on just summarizing the events and talking about maybe some of the technical execution of the scenes. You know, this led to this, and this was handled well, or, you know, that sort of thing. Right, right, um, right. Just to get through events, because after you finish with ending A, and this is common in Yoko Taro games, but in, per- in particular with Nier, you kind of go back and replay the game again, but you get new perspective from different characters. In Automata, which most people have played, you'll play as uh, 2B through the first run, you get to the ending A, and then you go back and play basically the same bosses, almost like the same game again, Mm -hmm. but as 9S this time, where you see it from a different lens and it changes how you look at things. And then you take over as A2 and you get like the actual ending after that, right? And it's not quite exactly the same in this. You, you don't ever play as anyone other than the main character. The near, yeah. But like for, existence, or for example, Kaine is a character we're going to learn a lot more about moving into the B ending on the yeah. second playthrough. Yeah. So a lot of that stuff's going to be next time. And we're just going to be summarizing the events, which a lot of them will be more or less the same events again. Again. <laughs> but we'll just That's talk about the differences. We, when we, it, the, this game, this, it was hard to know how to break this yeah, game it's, up. It's for, tough to talk about. Because we could have just done ending A was podcast one, ending B is podcast two. But it's, yeah. not, it's not, you'd be retreading too much of the same ground. Yes. So we'll probably do for the next one, we'll probably do endings B and C yeah. or something like that. You right. know, because... It's 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 weird splitting games like this up because you're just retreading the same ground over and over. Yes, and there will be differences. So like mm-hmm. we'll point out here and there where you get some new scenes or yeah. something different. Um, but yeah, like you're saying, we would be summarizing the same events again. So we're just going to get through the summary this time. Yeah, and then we'll get through, like I said, more of the philosophical stuff next time. So that's the plan for today. Remember. Uh, if you would like to support the show, bring it back to a weekly show, which it's getting very close. We're getting very close to hitting that goal. Close, yeah. uh, check out our Patreon and Subscribestar pages. Um, if you've appreciated uh, the work that we've been doing here, um, you've enjoyed the podcasts, and you want to see it become a weekly show, we're getting close. Remember, those who do uh, support on either of those platforms get an additional monthly podcast where we field questions and topics from yeah. the audience. Um, there's also... Uh, voting rights and updates and other things that are exclusive to those platforms. So go and check them out. Links are in the description. Um, and let's jump into this. So We left um, Seafront. Yes. I'll, I'll, before we jump into that, before okay, we jump okay. into where, from where we left off, I do want to say that I finally had a chance to sit down and play the new 
replicant remaster version 1.22 yes. billion whatever. Uh, <laughs> so I finished, uh -huh. I think it was like on Monday night or Tuesday night uh, this week, I finished uh, Gestalt ending A. Yeah. And I was like, nice, okay. Like I got through where I said we we're gonna get through. Let me install this game and actually like play yeah. it a little bit, right? Um, by the way, I think I have to mention because we received that from Square Enix. We received oh, yeah. a, a, yeah. a digital copy and, yeah. of Replicant from uh, Square Enix. I have to mention, it's like a legal thing, I have to mention that we received that product from Square Enix. It was a... Now you know. <laughs> Congrats. They gave us a copy of the game. Yes. So there you have it. Thanks to them, but it does not affect our opinion of no. whether the story works and no. gels. <laughs> this is the reason why we're I no feel longer... Like we also have to say that. It's <laughs> <laughs> the reason we're no longer Nintendo ambassadors, I think. Because yeah. uh, they sent us a Switch and yeah. a couple games, <clears throat> and um, we weren't necessarily kind to them. The funny thing is that if I, if I reviewed the Switch today, mm. I would be glowing praise. The Switch is my favorite yeah. console in a long time. It's now, really good. Well, because <laughs> when it first came the out, there was like six games, yeah. and it was like... <laughs> I mean, the games were fun, you know. There yeah. was a couple good ones. <laughs> Breath of the Wild. And, and Odyssey, right? Oh, and no, Odyssey came Odyssey out came out later. So Shoot. at the time that I reviewed I it on this channel, uh, they had, like, that game that was, it was, like, what was that game? It was oh. a party game where, where it was supposed to showcase one the two gyro. Switch. One, two, switch. Yeah. <laughs> and then we reviewed, like, Star Fox <laughs> it filled its purpose. Zero. That was it. And that was Wii U, though. That was Wii U. But, but the review was, you know, not. Glowing, I you didn't love the game. I didn't love it. Um, and you liked it more than I did. Right? I thought it was okay. Anyways, <laughs> point, point being, is, point being, we're gonna be we're gonna be very fair, despite the fact that yeah, they give us the game. Thanks. You're gonna get a legit thought on this, a genuine thought. It's yeah. not they're, they're not paying for us to uh, talk about the game. Right? Exactly. But we are thankful to them for. Uh, getting I us did want to bring this up though, uh, because I read this in my research. The number 1.22474487139, which is the official title of this game, yes. it says it is the approximation of the square root of 1.5. Yes. And my note is, yes. I bet Tetsuya Nomura wishes he thought of that. <laughs> With his... Yes. There, this is how very Kingdom Hearts-esque to, to call this to title. And I'm not, that's not the last I'm going to say that today, by the way. <laughs> Um, I've, there's a lot of similarities that I see between these two. Sure, people. but the idea that this is a 1.5, this isn't just a remaster. Like this yeah. is, there's tons of additional content. Yeah, there is. Um, it, it's it's more of a 1.5 HD remix than so it is like a port, an HD port. Yeah, just or just a pure, even remake. like a pure remake, right? Because I right, think. Right. The way that I have, it's gotten so muddy. Like the mm -hmm. way that the industry uses remaster or remake know, in their I titles know. or what they call it's what. confusing for um, your average and, person. Yeah. And like it got even more crazy with the Final Fantasy VII remake. And so know. like it's, it's even hard to discuss like what a remake is because right. nobody <coughs> seems to have the same definition. So here's yeah. the way I think about it. The way I had always thought about it was a remake is literally rebuilding the game mm. from I zero yeah, yeah, from in nothing. a new engine. You're not right? just retexturing. Yeah, yeah. No, you're like you, you recreate the assets. Yeah. You are building it in a new engine from ground up. From ground up, right? Because that remake, you're making the game again. Yes, as if you were had never made it before. But, but it has nothing yeah. to do with like oh, um, 
we're gonna change like core aspects of the experience. It's like, no, we're gonna right. rebuild this game as it was, but just yeah. in this new engine with new assets that will look better, cool. that will feel better to play. Right. That was what remake had meant. Yeah. I mean, consistently. Well, the word re, because <laughs> otherwise it's just a make. Yes. They just made Final Fantasy VII again. Yes. It's not a re, they didn't remake it, they, yes. just, they just made they it just again. They just made it and it's different. differently. <laughs> Anyways, and then some people would point to like the technical definition of the word remake, and it means to I make agree. something uh, to make something again or differently. And it's like that's not what it means. In the so words can <laughs> mean something different within the context of this or that organization or industry or whatever. Yes. So, yes. anyways, not to get too in the weeds on that, but the point is that I would have considered this more of a remake of. Yeah of near replicant than a remaster of it because it is being built in a new engine mm-hmm. and all of all, many of the assets I think all of them have been rebuilt. yes they've been including and this is crazy because I noticed this because I I, I um, played this as well the voices is, are yeah, different the voice they acting, redid the voices yeah all of them and the music completely all redone. the music is redone yeah. too it's not just a remaster it's not no so yeah. but the way that Yoko Taro looks at which is getting to your point about the the naming convention yes. is that he kind of considers it something in between a remaster and a remake. Fair enough. So that's why it's a yeah. 1.5, yeah. which is where the title comes from. Or so, uh, you know, it's a version upgrade, I guess, is is maybe the, the most technically accurate way of putting it. Yeah. Uh, but it <laughs> is the same game, uh, story content-wise, mm. though there is added content to it. But it, it follows more or less the same beats. Um, and the only difference really is technical polish. And, uh, and for the most part, um, it's, it's really, really, really good. Like, mm, yeah. I am a very, um, I guess my thought on remakes in general is mm. I like them to be as close to or as faithful to the original experience as possible. I would hope. I yeah, don't. I don't really understand the point personally yeah. of like radically changing a game and remaking it. Um, and you know, I'm not going to talk at length about why I feel that way. I think I have in the past, but um, that's pretty much what this is, right? Like it, it's. It's just like the gameplay in particular, right? Mm-hmm. But I guess, okay, sorry. I remember the, the point I was getting to with that. So usually, or not always, but at least uh, recently, with re-releases of things like um, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles or uh, a lot of other well, things. Like I tend, Twilight Princess HD. Or, yeah, yeah. A lot of times I'll kind of point to the original and be like, don't. This new one is not the same oh, thing. I know what you mean as with the original. With art styles, quite. We, I talked a lot yeah. about the art style, I remember that. right? However, um, in that case, in Xenoblade Chronicles uh, Definitive Editions case, and in Near Replicants case, mm-hmm. it cannot be argued that the experience of playing the game is so, so it's much smoother. better yeah. in the new version yeah. that I cannot possibly recommend playing the original now. <laughs> <laughs> like, now that it exists. Yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. It's just like, there are other elements, maybe whether it be, oh, the music 
in the original is done this way versus right. this way, and I, and I think that this is better. Or maybe in the, the case of Shadow of the Colossus, for instance. Yeah, I was going like, to, this is closer to that type yeah, of like, style of a remaster. The way that they color graded some of yeah, that game yeah. took away from its atmosphere. Right. And so I would say to some people, at least for me, I actually like playing like the remaster on PS3 uh, of Shadow of the Colossus versus the remake of Shadow of the Colossus on PS4. Right. Just because some of the things, even though it's phenomenally done, yeah, it's a very well done. There's just like a piece of its spirit that I feel like, yeah, it didn't quite translate over. Sure. So even if I have things like that with Nier, the gameplay is so much better, <laughs> and it's same for Xenoblade Chronicles. The gameplay is yeah. so much better that like I I would do nothing but recommend play. I would never even say touch the PS3 version, no. only play this. You know what's funny? <laughs> I kind of preferred some of the, the voice acting from yeah. the previous game as well. Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. This is a very good, high quality it's, remaster. It's unbelievable because like I remember, because um, one of the weird things about the original Nier is like you, you get tutorials Mm -hmm. by like attacking and fighting and it's like you'll get kind of like the words pop out of yeah, them. Sometimes yeah. you and then words. the screen will show up. Sometimes yeah, you'll yeah. pop up and it'll give you a tutorial that you can access about how That's to do this several move. pages long or something. <laughs> it's yeah. like, why yeah. didn't you tutorialize that? Like, why do I have to earn it by fighting? That's, right. It's a weird idea. Right, it's different. Um, but anyways, I, I remember getting the counter, like the counter attack mm. tutorials. Oh, you can do counter attacks. I'm, I assume that that just means you, you block at the right timing and you can counter. Sure. And I was just never able to consistently counter attack in the original Nier. Not mm. consistently enough to make it like a reliable part of my tool set okay, right. in combat. I just rolled away right, you just avoid versus of, like yeah. trying to block. And with Replicant, it's like I am just freaking bam, bam, counter, 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 counter. Nice, on nice. bosses, on regular nice. enemies, all the time. And it's just like, they have tightened the gameplay experience to such a degree yeah. that it's just like, nah, don't bother playing the original. This is it. Like, the, yeah. you're gonna you're playing this game eighty percent of the time. You're playing it, and this is just such a vastly superior way to do it. And for the additional content, because there's an extra whole section of the game they added yeah. here that wasn't in the original, it follows the spirit of what the other yeah. quests and everything were. That it it fits perfectly. Like, I don't feel like it's necessarily like a new thing. It just fits right in. They yeah. could have done some weird stuff there. Yeah. Because it's risky when you start adding like a new dungeon, you know, yeah. into a game that wasn't there before. Right. But it fits very well, actually. Yeah. So, big recommend. I mean, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm, maybe I'll do a review of Near Replicant version 1.222 something, whatever. <laughs> maybe I'll do a, an official review on the channel. I don't yeah. think it'll be necessary because we've, we've talked about it so much on this podcast, but... Um, I recommend it wholeheartedly, uh, and especially to play it over the original, even though there are things about the original I like better. And so I want to talk about a couple of differences that okay. I picked up on, because I didn't play that far in the Replicant yet. I, I basically got out of the Lost Shrine for the first time. So you go rescue Yona and get Vice. Oh, so way early. I kind of played just yeah. up to that point. Okay. Um, but I already noticed several differences. So remember in the first cutscene at the end of it it kind of the camera kind of pans and it has either the Tokyo Tower in the yes, Japanese version I was gonna bring or the Empire State Building yes. 
Um, and I think they had others. There was another, other, and we didn't know this because yeah. I played Japan at Tokyo Tower. You played the American. Yeah. Had um, the Empire State State Building. But in the comments of our last video, people were from Europe were commenting yeah. saying they had like Big Ben or yeah. a yeah. clock tower of sorts. Yeah. And in Near Replicant 1.22, you can switch the language yeah. um, that you're playing the game in or mm -hmm. the region, and you can have any any of those. You yeah. you can play with where it's Big Ben or it doesn't change anything. Well that, that's the weird thing is yeah. that they have all of these different buildings for different language regions. Yes. But they didn't differentiate in English between American and, that's and true. Uh, European. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you get that's Big true. Ben and that's the only even there though is no Eiffel there's no Tower. There's no Empire, Empire State, Building. State Building anymore. That's true. In the French version you'll get the Eiffel Tower in the German version, you get a, yeah. a German building. You get Tokyo Tower in the Japanese version, but the English version is only Big Ben. It's English, which yeah. is kind of weird. That is weird. That's different. <laughs> and like again, like does it really mean anything to the story? What, no. where this is taking place? I don't think so. I think well, it's just I've, a relating it to the region in which the game yeah. is being sold in. So um, that was probably the first difference that I noticed. Mm. Um, the second is uh, when you go back to Yona after kind of the first day where Popola sends you to get some mutton and oh, some yeah. like medicinal herbs, you go back and, she, and uh, you, you tell her the story about the lunar tear, right, the flower. Mm -hmm. Now, in the original game, I mean, maybe, you, maybe it's different in the Japanese version, you can correct me if, that, if that's sure. the case, but at least in Gestalt, um, She's talking about how she had this weird dream about like a pink goat or something like this. She had this weird dream. Yona? It was really weird, yeah. She talks about a dream about a tree. Later, but oh. it, here in this in this oh, cutscene, she talks know, about some kind of she talks about some kind of dream she had about a pink goat. Oh, and uh, Papa Nier is like, that's weird. Let me tell you a story about um, this lunar tear. It, it it gives you uh, any wish. Right, so it's about wishing on this flower, and right. it will grant any wish that you yeah, want. Yeah. And she's like, "Oh, could it cure my sickness?" And yes. he's like, "Yeah, if you wish on it, it could." In this version, Brother Near says it's very valuable. The flower is very valuable. You, know, you can sell it for a lot of money, and then you could buy medicine. You could buy medicine. Yeah, that was actually the Japanese version. Really, That's closer to the Japanese. Okay, version so that then I the yeah. Gestalt PS3 Initially. version changed what they say, yes, which is really interesting. Well, I did notice that many times. There are many places where they change literally what, what they're saying. What they're saying? Many, many In the places. localization? Too many for me to point out, but I have some notes. Okay, so, yeah. <laughs> but yes, quite often. We should go into that a little bit. Um, yeah. Uh, and I do remember reading in some of the research I was doing that the localization team, the uh, this time around, they changed a lot. Yeah. But... I would assume it's probably in the attempt for greater accuracy. To get closer to the Japanese. That's what I original. have noticed in, in playing 1.22, is that yeah. it seems to be closer to what I had originally played. But even still, because I'm playing with Japanese voices, but I'm still just reading the English text. Yeah. And the English text is more or less a transcription of the Gestalt, you know, the Americanized, um, oh. localized version. And I'm hearing the Japanese, and I'm reading the English text, and I'm thinking, these That's are not, not the same. The same. <laughs> these are not the same. It would take me too long to actually play the game in Japanese reading it as well. I, I do, for clarity, for this podcast, I'm, yeah. I'm reading the English, right? So I'm actually getting yeah. what's going on. But I can, because I'm doing both, and I do know Japanese, I can tell the differences there. And that's, there are a lot of differences, like That's tons. Like for one of them in specific, um, Papanir is, he. well, okay, the English version Near is a lot, well, you know, we'll get into this later. Okay. He, he's a lot, um, 
gruffer. Like it's it's there's some differences in the the, the, the presentation, and especially mm. as they talk to Kaine, I'd have to kind of rack my brain for some of those. Um, oh, because there is a Yona ja- specifically. There is a Japanese gestalt. So like where the father near character is speaking Japanese is what you're talking about, and like the differences. I, I'm talking about the American. I keep saying gestalt because I'm I'm just saying the American versus Japanese. Oh, okay. I'm saying gestalt meaning American. Okay. But the American. That's, that's the my... difference between the American gestalt and the Japanese replicant is yes. what you're talking about. Okay. Um, but even within 1.22, if you're just switching the audio tracks from oh, English right. to Japanese, you're getting something different. Pretty not not super different. It's not altering the story greatly, but you are getting. Some differences, some mm. like real, real differences. Interesting. And especially the way Nier talks and the way he, um, the, like his his level of like respectfulness and politeness is a lot greater in Japan versus in English. He's a lot more willing to, uh, you know, be disrespectful. I suppose, like to some degree, especially towards the very end of the game. I'm talking like Shadow Lord end of the game. Oh sure, yeah. yeah, okay. Um, aside from those things, because that's about as far as I played. Um, like I said, the whole soundtrack has been redone. Yes, yeah. And this is one thing, probably the well, one of two things that I don't like about the yeah. remaster. And I think this is just true of music in general. Music's hard because, mm. especially in a PS3 game, it's like they're already these recordings are already pretty high they quality. They were really good. They're really, really good yeah. how they are. And so when you re-record something that somebody's heard and grown attached to, yeah, the, yeah. even the subtle differences will feel wrong. Yeah, and that's how it felt to me. Now, what I really like about the definitive version of Xenoblade Chronicles is they did do that. They totally remade all the music in it, but they give you the choice and the options to turn on the original soundtrack or the new version. I of love it. it when they just give you freedom like yes. that. Yes. I love that. I would be totally happy yeah. with them having done this, and mm-hmm. I would even like to listen to the differences if I could then choose the original soundtrack. Yeah. Because I do feel the original soundtrack is better. And yeah. part of that is because I played the game a long time ago. I listened to the soundtrack over the years. And so I have an attachment to that original music, yeah. the way that it was recorded. Yeah. But the other part of it is, as a music producer and somebody <laughs> who has like, some experience doing yeah. that, I really do feel like a lot of the choices made, and this isn't true of everything. There are a couple of places like in the very first little like tutorial battle. Mm-hmm. They, they use some strings and they heighten the music a little bit in ways that I thought were really cool in the new version. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, that's cool. I like that addition, you know. Nice. But for my favorite pieces, like the town theme that Devilus yes. sings, yes, it's yes, not yes. even, it doesn't touch the original. Yeah, the original right? was so serene. <laughs> yeah, I actually agree with that one. That's one of the, I didn't notice what you mentioned at the beginning of the game, yeah. but the, the Devilus stuff is, is different. <laughs> And then, like, yeah. the main kind of, like, uh, 
it would be like the overworld map theme if this were a tradition. Yeah, yeah. When you go to the Northern Plains, yeah, and as there's a version of that song that's just like, oh, yeah, that just doesn't. It just sounds wrong. Like, I want, yeah. anyway, so if there's a patch eventually, which I'm maybe there is now a mod because I have the PC version, where I could just replace the original yeah. music. I'm 100% on board, like I said, with rap, <laughs> that this new version of the game is just way better. Just completely. But the only other, pro- <laughs> but the only other problem I had, and this was more of a problem I had with Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, was the change to the characters' faces and the way that they look. Yeah, yeah. And here's the weird thing: is I don't like that they keep doing this because I like the style of the original yeah. Nier in terms of like the way the characters look, their faces, like the art style of mm-hmm. the original. But in this case. I do not dislike almost anybody yeah. in, in their new model, in their except Kaine. Kaine looks totally she wrong. She <laughs> looks way different. I actually liked it better, though. You like the I, new one I better? I look at the new model, and I'm like, I think she looks, because I do a side-by-side, because I noticed. I was like, she looks yeah. quite different from, yeah. from before. But I look at it, and I'm just like, I don't know. I like it. I, I feel like it. Well, she looks Better. I I, 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 I understand that like the reason why they tend to do this is probably to bring it in line with a more recent entry of that franchise. Oh so, yes, so like Xenoblade near, Chronicles yeah. and Xenoblade Chronicles Two mm-hmm. have a very different art style. Yeah. So they probably adjusted the definitive edition of the first game to to, to match, match closer, later. so that they have more of a congruency yeah. between entries. Like I get that, but I'm also one who really believes in preserving the original art as much mm. as possible. In and a, so yeah. like, in a, it, when you're re-releasing something, it's my philosophy to make it as close to the original as possible to, yeah. as, as a means of preservation. Because exactly. those Wii discs are not gonna last forever. Yeah, yeah. And so like people will not always have that game. Mm. So, so you re, re, I love the concept of re-releasing games on yes. a new platform. Yes, and but even I, up-resed, all that stuff. But yes, I, I, I agree with you. But, I like to preserve it as close to the yeah. original as possible, or at least offer the choice to do so. At least offer the right. choice. Like, George Lucas doesn't even give you... The, okay, it's not his anymore. Disney. <laughs> Actually, maybe they do give you the choice. Can you can you watch the 77 Star no, Wars, even you if can't. you want to? I, think, I thought so. I think that there were talks, or there was rumblings a little while ago, that they were trying to do that. But yeah. I, a lot of the rights to the 1977 original Star Wars still lie with 20th Century with Fox. Fox. Okay. And it's Disney is having a hard time getting those. And so th- there were some rumblings that they were looking to release an unaltered yeah. like Blu-ray of the original Star Wars trilogy. For just preservation purposes and, yes. and viewing history, I think that's important. Yes. Because, I, I, I'm sorry, I cannot watch Return of the Jedi where Darth Vader yells... No, and picks up the yeah. emperor. I can't watch it. It's it's so <laughs> offensive to me. I cannot watch it. And so that was that for like one of the DVDs, I think. Y- yeah. yeah. So it's like if there was a a way to watch the unaltered original Star Wars trilogy, that would be my preferred way of doing it. Yeah. And I usually feel similarly about old video games too, which is why you know I'm always going to play the you know the PlayStation 4 or whatever new release of Final Fantasy 7 over the Final Fantasy yeah, 7 remake yeah. then the remake you yeah. know so in any case all that aside i think that they did a phenomenal job on replicant version 1.22 it is in the ways that count the most it is a way better experience and i would yeah. recommend playing this version over the original I would just hope at some point there's a patch or a mod out there that can replace the original music you can't really replace the original models, but maybe somebody can do something 
with Kaine's face to just like make it a little bit more like the original one. Yeah. But like I said, for the most she of the has other a lot characters, more pointy features now. It, her, her, jaw, her whole her face looks different. It would yeah. be like um, it would be like uh, a deep faking Elijah Wood's face out of <laughs> Lord of the Rings or something, and just putting in someone else. You know, it's not like <coughs> the other characters. I feel yeah. like they're just they're close enough yeah, yeah. to the original idea but they're maybe a little cleaner or done a little bit more in the style of automata right but they still look right to me but kaine is the only one that does not look right to me but it's <laughs> a small price to pay for a much better game yeah okay now we're done talking about the replicant 1.22 for now let's get into summarizing um what we played. So, like you were saying, we yeah. left off. We left the sea after front, the seafront, and we came after back with the shaman fish with a letter and a letter for Popolo. Yeah, from the mayor of Seafront. Yeah, and it was basically saying, "I'm worried about the people of the Irie. We haven't heard. Yeah. Uh, we haven't heard from them in a long time. Uh, concern about like losing contact with other um, settlements, mm-hmm. right? So." We're sent to go investigate. Yeah. So this is uh, this is it's it's funny because Kine is not with us in Seafront, but in order yeah. to get to the area, we kind of have to walk right past where she is. And for whatever reason, this is just how she lives her life, I guess. But she's just fighting tons of shades. <laughs> just like we come upon her, and we're just like, "Oh, hey, you!" And she's like, "Go away!" You know, she doesn't really care to to follow us necessarily. But we help her kill all the shades, and she's like, "Well, you know, maybe she didn't need our help, but." She comes with us to the Erie because we're like, hey, we're, we're, we're hunting that big shade thing, you know? Yeah. So who knows? Maybe it'll be here. Like, let's yeah. go. Maybe it has a sealed verse, verse mm-hmm. right? And so uh, she comes with us and we go to the Erie. And yeah, the thing shows up and um, we're fighting it. And I don't know how much detail we should go into about it, but, you know, she kills it. But the most fascinating thing happens as we're fighting it. Um, the thing starts to like speak to Kaine, like directly. Yes. She can understand what it's saying, which mm-hmm. is not true for, at least for what we're doing right now for the game, with all the shades. We don't know what they're saying. We can hear sounds. This is the first indication that Kaine can understand the language of shades, yes. or that there is a language really to yeah, be understood. Yeah, that they're saying a thing, other than just like it's like a <laughs> it's like a crazy, like shrill almost. Yeah. robotic sound almost yeah, like a grinding stone or something yeah it's really weird yeah so but it's her grandmother and it says hey well I don't know if it is her grandmother I don't think it is but it says hey I'm your grandmother let's you know it would be so easy if you just died <laughs> right now it would help everyone out a lot if you died just and give up at yeah. first she's kind of it seems like she's kind of hearing it a little but um, she you know, comes to her senses and she's like, my grandma wouldn't tell me to die. Like, you're an idiot. Like, yeah. go away. I'm going to kill you now. Yeah. Uh, but in her tirade, in her response to this thing, this is where they start bleeping out what she's saying mm, in Japanese. a lot. And I got so curious as to what she said. I went, uh, I went on YouTube. I found a Japanese. I found that exact scene. I found the Japanese. And wouldn't you know it? They bleep out the text as well. It is, it's X's and zeros and triangles. It's not, because I was like, what did they say? At least they're going to transcribe it. No, because if they told you what she said, you would, you would be like, oh, it's not that bad. So they had to, even in the text, they had to like bleep it out in the text. So you don't know necessarily what she said, unless you can read her lips, which I did try to do. She says something yaro, and yaro is a really rude way to refer to somebody like a jerk or idiot. 
Um, but usually you'd say baka yaro, but she's like, it's, it's different. She's not saying baka yaro, she's saying like something else yaro, but, it, but they bleep it out and I couldn't really get it. I couldn't get what she was saying. But the bleeping is so fascinating because as I'm playing it with the English subtitles, it's just saying the English words right under it. Yeah. And, and you know, of course, the way they translate it is very, very different. Lots of uh, swear words and such. Well, that was part of the localization team's like sort of prerogative. They sort of took some liberties there. And I can tell. Because they said yeah. this would be comical or funny. It wouldn't come across the same way in English. So let's yeah. just have her actually <laughs> swear and right. not bleep it out. Right. And they kind of went back and forth a little bit on this and eventually the, the English localization team yeah. just kind of took it. The bleeping's weird because you play yeah. hours and hours of a game and all of a sudden you're hearing a bleeped out word. Yeah. Like, what the heck? Like, yeah. that's weird. It comes out of nowhere. It makes no sense. And you're kind of wondering if like there was a mistake. If like if if it weren't for her clearly screaming and being very upset, I'd be like, my game just screwed up. Like that shouldn't have happened. That, that actually, wasn't supposed to happen. That actually just reminded me that remember the the Gestalt English version mm-hmm. title screen starts yes. out with yeah. her tirade where she's screaming at uh, yeah, Vice. Yeah. That's not in the new re-release. I Astro. noticed that as well. Yeah, so it's crazy. That, they took it that just part goes out. right into the game. Yeah, or the, so, the trailer. That was kind of interesting that yeah. they decided to remove that from this new version. From the, that was yeah. another difference yeah. I noticed. But because but, this is more like an international version, right? Yeah. Everyone's playing the Everyone's same game Everyone's getting the now. same one. Yeah, the yeah. same experience, just different uh, localizations, right? Yeah. And so she ends up just like, well, she fights it and we kind of do a finishing blow. And um, I can't remember exactly what happens, but she passes out after the fight, yeah. right? And she's, she's more or less on kind of a, the brink of death. Yeah. Is what it's insinuating, and, and where she can kind of like let go and just die. And, yeah. And, and uh, n- main character kind of comes up and rouses her back. Yeah, and is like, come back. And she was seeing the light and kind of reaching towards it, and, and he ended up pulling her out, right? Well, yeah, because she had sort of fulfilled the only thing that she really right. wanted left to do was yeah. to take revenge on this monster. Yeah. Um, and once that was done, it was like, well, I don't have a reason to live anymore. Right, she was right? just giving up. So she was just gonna give up. Yeah. And then uh, main character comes and arouses her awake. Now this is the, the first place mm. where I noticed where it would probably <clears throat> be more effective for a younger near character than an older one. The, the dialogue just works better Yeah, I have something to say character. about the Japanese in this, in this but, too. Uh, so there was a couple things I noticed that he says here. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them, I don't have the direct quote, but you don't get to decide who lives and who dies. She's a life with meaning, with worth. We're gonna save her. Everyone has something to live for, even Kaine. He's talking about how like everything and everyone has value. Like every yeah, life has value and should be protected. Yeah. Uh, this attitude about life for the main character before the time jump that we're going to get to later, right? right. The time skip. The four year, yeah. Um, when he still has Yona at home and yeah. the way he sort of like talks to White, uh, to Vice yeah. about different cultures yeah, and yeah. Uh, the importance of life. And, and everyone's got something yeah, worth, yeah. Protecting and, protecting and he's he's yeah. a lot, he's kind of like a, like he's got kind of a big heart. Yeah. And is portrayed here early on as like a really um, sort, of, sort of like what would you call it? Uh, lawful, good, moral type person, sure. right? Yeah. Um, but then he then he goes over and he's like rousing her awake, and she's like, "What's going on?" And and he says some uh, 
oh, I think Vice is something like, you know, something about your friends, like not abandoning your friends. Or I can't remember exactly what he says. A true warrior would fight. They would give all in the service of their friends. Friends? But then <laughs> Papa Nier in my version I was playing turns around and goes, Yes, you and I are friends now. It works way better as a kid. <laughs> if that's a 15 or 16 year old, yeah. which I think is the, the age of the brother near character yeah. before pre-time skip, that feels like something a kid would say. Exactly. Not something a 39 year old would say. Do you know say. what it feels like? Do you know what, <laughs> what game can you predict what I'm thinking? What game does that sentence belong uh, in? Maybe. Ooh, it's not near. I, I don't know. Is it uh, one from uh, Tetsuya Nomura? What's it called? Kingdom Hearts. Anyways, so <laughs> that, just so Kingdom Hearts, so <laughs> Kingdom Hearts. But I do have some insight into the Japanese here okay. because I was like, that's freaking weird. Yeah. Did he really say like, we're friends, we're friends now. Yeah. And it, it's not that weird of a thing to say, I guess in general, but in this situation, it just came off in a very strange way in the, drama, the drama of how he was like proclaiming friendship to, a, you know, somebody else. Well, and, and again, in, in the, Gestalt version, it's a 39-year-old man Again, that to a 17-year-old girl. Yeah. So, but, <laughs> but it was even still weird playing Replicant, you know? Yeah. It was still weird. It was just like, ah, a little too much cheese. Like, this, put this in Kingdom Hearts. This doesn't belong in Nier. This is weird. Um, the word used, uh, the word for friend in Japanese is tomodachi. Tomodachi it has like two kanji. It means like the tomo meaning friend and dachi, which is like tachi, which means like a group, like multiple, like plurality, whatever. So it's like a, an inner group um, friend thing of you go watch a movie together, or the people you hang out with in high school, uh, you know? Like That's tomodachi. Knit. Yeah. The word they use here is nakama, which nakama has been translated as friend. It does mean friend in a much looser sense, maybe more of a professional uh. sense. Nakama means more like a coworker or a colleague. You would say nakama for colleague or like um, like a comrade, right? Nakama mm -hmm. would mean something like that. Like you you share the same um, like uh, like goals. Like your purpose is the same. Therefore, your nakama tachi, yes. or whatever you're you're together in a different way as opposed to tomodachi meaning like so nakama is more goal focused i think and then a tomodachi is more like emotional or more like i don't know it just means the friend that you you and i are thinking uh -huh. of when it's translated in english we're thinking of tomodachi that's not the word used the word was more like colleague or comrade or something like that and so that makes the scene not quite as weird in yeah, Japanese. I can see the, the difficulty for localizing that though, because we it would it would be weird word? to comrade? say That's it would be weirder. weird to say comrade too. It was weird. Like it would it or would it would, it would make more sense for him to refer to her as that because that's more what they are. Exactly. But it would be weird at the moment of death trying to convince someone to live to tell them, yes, you're my comrade now. Yes. Like it or wouldn't ally. seem. Ally. Yeah, it's just. Ally might have been good. Ally We're allies been. now, but I still but don't think that's you're bringing someone strong. back from death. Yeah. <laughs> you, friend I can, is I can better, see why yeah. they had to pick friend. Yeah. There's and, really no other words. For all the Japanese speakers out there, I understand. Nakama does mean friend, but there is, there is, as you will know and people will say in the comments, there is a specific nuance to it that is quite different from what you and I heard when yes. we heard the word friend here and made it sound just a little bit cringy. Just a little yeah, bit, a little bit. That's, a, that's really interesting. Yes. I'm glad that you are here to point that out because yeah. That, and Nakama is feel. used regularly throughout the game, like Grimoire Vice, or whenever uh, other people are talking about friendship in general, most of the time they're saying Nakama. They're mm. not saying Tomodachi, they're saying colleague, comrade, Which makes ally, sense, because they're always like, kind of like ribbing each other yes. and making fun of each other, yes. or like, 
bantering. They don't ever feel like really close friends. No, it's and, just and Emil like is more we're working together, working for that, looking for that from them. Yes, and Emil. like Emil yeah, and yeah. Uh, uh, Kaine, I would say, yes. are that. They by but, by the end of the game, they had approached that type of relationship. Yes, yeah. But like the rest of them, it's like, yeah, I've been traveling with you. We've been together for a long time. We're yeah. Comrades or allies would feel more correct, mm -hmm. but it also isn't quite intimate enough to represent no. what it is. Yeah. So friend is really the only word. That's what they got. That's interesting. That's what they got. <clears throat> very, so, very interesting. So that's good stuff. Yeah. So that, um, you know, because well, <laughs> the thing, even if you play the game with Japanese audio, okay, you're not hearing it, but you're still reading it. Just just know that it's, it's a little less weird in Japanese. Yeah. Um, but after that, so during that battle, this shade swings its tail, or we throw it, or I can't remember exactly what happens, but through us fighting this shade, it knocks down a few capsule homes yeah, of the does. people that live in the area. Mm. And we know how those people live. They're very uh, secluded, they're very, they stay in their houses, basically, yeah. as much as they can. And so there was likely someone in that capsule as yeah. it just tumbles down the cliff. Yeah. That person quite likely is no longer alive. Dead, yeah. yeah. So there's some serious collateral damage, and if you re remember the Erie, um, they're very xenophobic. They yes. don't want anyone from the outside coming in. Yes. And they will let you know very quickly. And I would have assumed, and I mean this ends up being the case later when we get to, when we return. You return to each area many times. But, yeah, yeah. Um, I had assumed that because of that collateral damage that the people of the Erie would be more or less resentful that we ever showed up yeah, instead of upset. thankful that we saved them from the monster. Yeah. That's kind of like what I expected to happen. And uh, I didn't really stick around there, but I did revisit doing like side quests and mm. things. And those people actually start saying things like, oh, that poor girl, referring to kindness. Yes, yeah. Or like, if only we had, you know, a measure of the courage that she has. Mm. And so it was like, okay. You're starting to come around a little. That was not what I expected. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, okay, like the people of the area can at least recognize like what we were trying to do right. despite the collateral damage. So uh, they get yeah. a point of recognition for that. They get I a just point. want to make sure and say that because. A free half point. We'll get the side quests a bit later. Um, yeah. I, I, <laughs> is, I do not like the side quests in this game. But I was, glad, I was glad that I did them, if yeah. only for some of these little tidbits like this. Yes, that yeah. you pick up I agree with that. by revisiting areas and talking yeah. to NPCs and things. A lot of the real depth of this game does come in between places, yeah. whether it's from Grimoire Vice or from mm. the people you talk to. Mm. It comes, you know, through the mundane stuff that the yeah. game has to offer. So, anyways, uh, main character convinces Kaine to um, come with him, find kind of a new purpose yeah. in life, right? Uh, now that her revenge is fulfilled on this monster. And so she decides to travel with us. So we go back to uh, main village and uh, she decides, or she tells you, she informs you she's not gonna go in. Yeah. It's like, oh, why not? Like, come on in. And she's like, no, I'll just stick outside. And this is because she knows she's not gonna be accepted yeah. by almost anybody, right? Yeah. Like, she knows that she's not welcome there, even if Nair yeah. might be a bit oblivious to this fact. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, the, she knows she's not welcome. Which, so. once again, goes better for young Nier than, than old yeah. old man Nier, who yes. would be a little more understanding aware. of what's going on. Yeah, yeah like socially aware. Right? Exactly, yeah. So, anyways, you go back in and talk to Popola. We're sent to a city called Facade yeah. after this. And Facade is a desert city, 
that has a radically different culture. It is fascinating. From anywhere else yeah. in the world of Mir, right? Yep. And um, there's a lot to dive in with this. And mm -hmm. like I said, we're mostly focusing on summarizing today. We're gonna get into some of the nuances and the, the world building technicalities and the philosophical things probably next time. So there, there's probably some things we'll miss today that we'll cover next time. Yeah. But facade, like you're saying, is uh, one of the most interesting locations in the game. The whole society is really built and, and really focuses on a strict and immense set of rules and regulations. And so everything they do is adhering to some kind of rule or code and making sure that you're not breaking any rules by anything that you do. They're very conscious all the time of mm -hmm. like, does this break a rule? Or that rule says I can't do that. Yeah. And the philosophy behind it, at least according to them, is what was the way that they oh, put it? You, By knowing the rules, you understand your freedoms, your freedoms better yeah. or yeah, something yeah. like that. Something to that effect. Yeah. Like there's beauty within the boundaries, the confines of. Yeah. yeah. I understand my freedoms because of the rules. Yes. I think that's is, how she is puts the it. idea. Fira, Fira, yeah. But they also have a very, very different language. And oh, yeah. Way different. And this, this is interesting. I, I kind of have two feelings. I'm kind of conflicted on mm -hmm. how this was executed. Because I really loved the concept of a society where I can't understand anything they say. Mm -hmm. But how do you tell the story? How do you learn about the yeah. culture without being able to communicate with anybody at all? Yeah. And so what they end up doing is they have Vice there who can more or less yeah. very quickly just learn how to interpret. He understands like every language ever apparently, yeah. He's but very it, good it, at and that. it takes him a minute. Yeah. So at first you find a young girl named Fira, Fira. Fira? Yeah, Fira. Fira. And she doesn't speak, she's mute. Yeah. So she communicates with some form of sign, sign language, language type, yeah. which is what yeah. Vice can interpret first. Right. So at first you're 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 communicating only with this one girl who uses sign language, and Vice is sort of like reading that and repeating to you what she's right. saying. That's kind of the idea, but Vice very quickly, in my opinion, a little too quickly, yeah. is able to just learn the whole language yeah. and start, you can just talk to anybody. And so it kind of undoes the coolness of what they were trying to do by, yeah. yeah. Like what I would have rather seen, and this is a very particular nitpick, it's not like this yeah. ruins the experience. The right. facade, sections of the game are some of my favorites, mm. regardless of this thing. But I think th there is a time skip, a five-year time skip that happens. Yeah, yeah. It would have been interesting if, at the beginning, you kind of have to rely on Fira to interpret what people yeah, are saying through the sign language. More. But when yeah. you come back five years later, Vice has learned the language, and so Vice can, like, you know, you, you get this period of time yeah. elapsed where, you know, Vice can remember it or whatever it takes to learn it. Um, but anyways, that's a nitpick. But <laughs> Because, the reason it came to my mind is because it, it really highlights the difficulty in understanding people who have such a radically, not just a radically different language, but a different culture from you. You could speak a thousand tongues and still fail if you lack knowledge of another's culture. And it can seem so alien and so weird, but what mm -hmm. Taro is able to do through these sections is help the player slowly understand the culture yes. and learn to like its people. Yes. It, yeah. it takes a while. It At takes first, a while. At first it seems really um, oppressive yeah, and, and rigid and, and, and like 
unforgiving and just yeah. like oh this is um, dumb like it's yeah. just it's it's just inefficient yes. it's what a stupid way to live yes. is like the initial thought and then he wanted you to think that and he did a great job yes yeah. and this is kind of like the whole again like thematic core of near is right. that the conflicts we have are generally spawned from our misunderstandings yes whether yeah, it be cultural or just the inability to communicate or understand the intent that someone else has or, or what it is that someone really is, wants. Mm-hmm. And those misunderstandings lead us to fear the worst and that fear is what drives us to fight or to hate someone else. And so, you know, I had those feelings about the people of the area like I talked about in the last episode where I did not like them at all. Yes. But I, but I never got, re- you, don't, you never really get an insight into the history of that Town. Not for them. And understand why they're that way. You can kind of imagine how that happened, though, with the yes. way the world is, how dangerous the world yes. is, and how secluded they became. Uh, but for Facade, they kind of, there was a lot more explaining necessary yeah. as to how that happened. You actually spend enough time with them, and they yes. are. An, and the people, an, they'll actually will talk to you. And open enough as society to yeah. share, yeah. you know, their, you know, sort of cultural heritage with you so that you can understand it better. And once you do, you, you kind of like these people and, yeah. and you, and you want to help them out and do their quests and, and things like that, even when they have really, really strange requests. Mm-hmm. Like one of the quests is a, a villager or a, one of the people, NPCs in Facade, says, I want to buy something special for my daughter for her birthday, but rule number 15,000 whatever mm-hmm. says that I can't spend money on my daughter's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, it, it's like okay, I, 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 can, I can help you out with that. Uh, what is it that you need? What is it that you want to buy? And she says, well, according to rule number 87,000 whatever, whatever mm-hmm. I can't tell you directly what it is. Now, again, <laughs> <laughs> that's more or less just to be funny. That probably wouldn't yes, be a legitimate yes. rule, but... The, the, the important thing, because they're trying to make a quest out of it, and it's, it's trying to be lighthearted. But the point is that uh, they can't tell you what to buy. Yeah. You have to just, they have to give you hints, and you have to just sort of like intuit from that hint yeah. what that they want a watermelon or something, mm-hmm. right? And then you go buy the watermelon and bring it to her and fulfill the quest. <laughs> but what's funny is that... Vice says something like, it must bother you, like the way that these people live. It is such a stupid way to live. And I think a lot of people would probably feel that way about uh, such particular Mm. rules and even rules that conflict with each other, just this endless list of rules and how can you keep them straight. And what uh, main character says back is, it does uh, bother me, but I trust that they have a reason for it. Some right. meaningful, something meaningful that we don't yet understand. See, you may not know, you may not know what the reasons are, but you, wh- the the little that you do know is, well, okay, in near it's a little different, but we'll get to that later. The little that you do know is that these are humans. Yes, right? these are human people. Yes. So, given that these are humans, there must be a reason why they're doing it. Yes. It's like respecting the fact that they are what you are. Yes. And you don't do things without a reason, so they must not either. You know, that, I think that's something that humankind as a whole has like very, very slowly learned to do better and better over so. the years. So. <laughs> I've been reading, um, I've been reading a novel called Shogun. Um, oh, I know that one. Uh, which is about essentially, I think, I think, I, I don't know this for a fact, but I think it's basically Neo, but like a more technically accurate version of that story. Okay. Yeah. Where it, you don't have the 
like fantasy elements of it. Yeah, yeah. But the first like white samurai. To, to yeah, right. In Japan. Uh, Blackthorn, who was an English yeah. sailor, but he sailed with, I think, like Swedish or, or Norwegian oh, gosh, uh, ship, remember. and they they land there. Mm-hmm. But like the way that it's written, uh, obviously, is a fictional novel. Yeah. That's fictionalizing what was probably like a true event, at, yeah. right? So it's probably not perfectly accurate. But I, I would assume the research into explaining this was historically accurate to how the cultures were, right? Sure. And the way that people viewed people from other cultures, mm-hmm. it, it was a lot less seeing them as a human man and woman like me mm-hmm. than would be acceptable like today, right? Like yeah. today, it's very much about. Uh, uh, acceptance and, and diversity and, and that sort of thing and like seeing everyone as equals and back then it's just like people didn't do that it was like you're not from my tribe even you're not from my country yeah. you're a you're a Frenchman and I'm an Englishman it's like we yeah, are yeah. mortal enemies we are enemies right yeah, yeah. like and, and the way that they speak about the Spanish mm-hmm. or whatever it's just or the Portuguese <laughs> like <laughs> Everybody freaking hated each other who a were lot. not from the same culture. Yeah, yeah. And like when they would see, when Blackthorn sees some of the ways that the, the Japanese live, he's just like, "This is like, can can they really think? Like, can they really be built like me?" And the Japanese say the same thing about his body, right? They're mm-hmm. like examining his body and like, "Ooh, is he is he built like a man?" You know, so right. like like he's different from us. Like, what makes their hair like that? What makes you right? Know? So. In any case, there's like a natural, I feel like, tendency, this, this, uh, this tribalism that human beings have. And, and a lot of that yeah. is being pointed out here. But like you're saying, the, realizing these are humans underneath it and, and spending time with them, I really came to like Facade. And I, I came think to so like too. the people of Facade. Yeah. Kaine mentions right as you go in, she's like, hey, she didn't come in with us. She kind of stands out by the entrance, but they recognize her right away. And they're like, oh, open the doors. It's Kaine because yeah. she saved um, somebody. Was it Fira or the prince? One of the, one of the children of the village or something. She saved yeah. somebody from that village from the wolves, which is a very big threat to them um, some years back. And they've let her in ever since. And they like her. And so she was not willing to walk into... You know, what's the place where Devil and Poplar are? I can't remember. The, the village. The, the village, village. The village. Yeah. They weren't, aren't, she's not, she doesn't feel comfortable walking into where, where Near lives. But she's fine with these people. And she even mentioned it herself. She's like, what kind of screwed up place must this be to where they accept me? Yeah. Right? But they don't care yeah. about her. In fact, in general, they don't think that foreigners need to be subject to their laws. Yeah. Which is unusual for, yeah. for culture. So it's one of their biggest redeeming like qualities, yeah, they have some crazy type of system, but if you don't want to be part of it, you don't have to be. Yeah. And that's and they don't, you know, they don't expect you to live like them. Yeah. So a lot of the rules are just like, oh, like uh, what is it? Like you can't speak the language of facade unless you were born in facade or something like that. And that's why Fira, I think she can talk, but she's not allowed to as per the rules. Yeah. And so, but we can talk. Because we're not, we haven't accepted, we're not part of their culture, right. we're not part of their village, and th- nobody cares. They're not trying to force their rules on us. Yeah. So I think that's fascinating, but um, the biggest thing for me to think like, oh, maybe these guys aren't so bad, or maybe this isn't such an awful you know, system or place to live, is the fact that they accept Kaine mm-hmm. without reservation. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, you saved someone, therefore you're a good person, therefore you, know, you can come here. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting that 
you, you, she won't go into seafront. She won't go into the village. Anywhere She won't else. go to the Eyrie. Yeah. She will at least step foot yeah, into a little facade. Bit. Yeah, she'll show her face there. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, and they are so accepting of, of all the places in the world where it's the most rigid, the most bound by regulation yep. and rule, the least it yeah. would seem it would likely seem. to accept Kaine is the one place it's that the will. most open yeah. place for people, for humans, yeah. human interaction. Yeah, so really interesting. That that right there made me kind of think, wow, this is you know. What a way to live! Like, but seriously, this is this is fascinating. And a lot of these people from Facade um, came from other places. Yeah, Facade is kind of a place where uh, there's a hint. There's a hint that Fira or somebody else might have been born with some type of disfigurement. Right. Oh, sure. And going to Facade allows you to live your life without anyone the ever mask. seeing your face. They all and Facade is, I think, Latin or something. It means. Uh, mask or it means to cover something yeah. right so facade it's they're all masked up and um, maybe people who would be outcasts in other villages come here sp- on purpose to be like everyone else they're all wearing masks and no one knows who anyone what anyone looks like mm-hmm. and so except the prince doesn't wear one I think that's interesting um, but yeah they're all totally covered and I think I think it's fascinating right there. So it's almost as if it's like a welcoming place yeah. for people who don't belong elsewhere, like Kanye. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we get there, and we're going to. Uh, of course, the main goal is to find sealed verses, but we're going to go talk to the king. Yeah. And find out that the king. Oh, now the I remember. Uh, the king of Facade had the black scroll. And so we went there to look for hints to see if they had found anything. That's why we went there because there was a there was a rumor that they had something that was going to be a type of cure. Yes. Yeah. So that oh maybe they have an answer for how I can help treat Yona's disease because they've been researching it for like years. Right. Yeah. So uh, the king had recently passed away uh, Mm -hmm. from the illness, so he's no longer alive, and Mm -hmm. his young son was going to take his place as the king of Sod, but he's gone missing into their, like, temple. Uh, I think it's called the Baron Temple, but yeah. some kind of, like, ceremonial temple mm-hmm. uh, on the other side of the desert. And they're worried about him, so we volunteer to go there and try and find him because the rules the state rules. <laughs> that their people can't enter to go find yes. him. So it's like, well, we're not so bound by the rules. Rule 50,000 says if the king is, or if the prince or king is missing, we have to go look for him. Rule 80,000 says... Um, that you're not allowed to enter the temple. So the rules are in conflict. And there's a very comical scene where the guards are all standing around, like huddling and talking and mentioning all the rules that are keeping them from doing anything. Yeah. No one can do anything. Yeah. They're completely bound. And yeah. Fira, I think she actually wants to come. She was going to break a rule yeah. to go there. But, but we were we like, like, hold on. We'll do it for you. We'll, we'll do it. We'll yeah. take care of the whole thing. So you go through that. It's a whole dungeon. And um, I'm just going to mention this now. I'll probably mention it throughout. But... You know, Nier didn't get super high scores when it, upon its original mm, release. No. It was, I think on Metacritic it's like a 66, 67 yeah, around 67, there. Yeah, Like a very like mediocre score. Yeah. And I get it, especially now that I play Replicant right off the back of it in terms of like just the feel yeah, of playing the it. Yeah, But while I was playing it, especially like in the midst, in the middle of playing it, I, mm. I kind of was used to it now. So it didn't feel awkward or bad okay. anymore. But they do such a good job of like mixing mar- variety 
into mm. the gameplay. Like every oh dungeon yeah. is different. Yeah, it's crazy. Every the, boss the camera is different. angles are different. Yeah. And with the facade, with this one, with the temple, it's like every room you enter, there's a rule for the room. Yeah. And you have to follow the rule where it's no jumping, no yeah. magic attacks, or no. And they um, feel arbitrary. No running. They but do. But that's kind of how facades yeah. rules are. Exactly. <laughs> they feel like, oh, you just can't do this, and it feels like just because. But then you're you're learning about it's like the in the gameplay in like figuring out the puzzle mm. you're becoming familiarized with the culture yes. of facade yes. which is awesome yeah I think it's awesome this this uh, dungeon reminded me a lot of and you're gonna need to help me out here the Square Enix game um, that is set in the same world as Final Fantasy Tactics with oh um, a character that was too old Vagrant Story so, yes. Vagrant, Vagrant Story. story yeah. This dungeon specifically reminded me a lot of some Vagrant of the parts story. of Vagrant Story, some of the puzzle because parts. There's a lot of, of box story. puzzles. Yeah, in the boxes story. and yeah. hiding behind things and moving things around. Yeah, yeah, it had that feeling. I feel. I wonder if they kind of based it off that because you can tell a lot of these um, temples are seem to be loosely based on a prior video game. Like mm. Emil's mansion seems like a Resident Evil style. Yes. With the camera angles and with the yes. doors and the mansion. Yes. Well, we'll get to that later. But they, it's almost like he picked a type of game to base whatever well, dungeon facade, off of. And then he kind of followed that through for that dungeon. Facade, I felt, was very <clears throat> Zelda-like. Yeah, it was very Zelda-like. And yes. um, yeah. even when you end up rescuing the prince at the end and he finds the mask he was there to look for, yes. he goes, dun-dun-dun-dun. Yes, and he, like, that's and right. he like, holds it up. <laughs> And so that it's like funny. it's like a direct homage direct. to Zelda, and it was Zelda. It was Zelda, but the the feeling I got a lot of vagrant story. Vagrant story, too, yeah. yeah, I could see that too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is interesting that like because games can become very monotonous. You build into like the core mechanics, you know, a certain combat system or something like yeah. that. Yeah. But sometimes I think you'll still run across a problem, and this was certainly true of, of games like Final Fantasy Thirteen. Where mm. it's just so much of the same yeah, thing. Yeah, and your mechanics aren't giving a diverse enough experience to the player. To where it's like you play yeah. 40 hours of the same exact gameplay, yeah. it's going to get real boring. But most games are like that. Yes. Most games are not like Nier, where they're yes. switching it up. Yes. That's like very refreshing. And, to and me it's, that they do it's that. one of the huge positives that I give to Nier is its ability to mix up each yeah. new section yep. to feel so different and so interesting that the game never feels boring. And it's yeah. also paced yeah. really well. It's like dungeons never outstay their welcome. Cutscenes never overstay their welcome. Like there's a really good mm. sense of rhythm to the game. But on top of that, it's like like you're saying, part part of the time you feel like you're playing Resident Evil. And part mm-hmm. of the time you feel like you're playing Zelda. And part of the time you feel like you're playing Diablo or something. Yes. And so it's yes. like <laughs> it's like this really nice mix and match of styles. Yeah. That and it helps like change the pace. This yeah. game is so well paced, and there's so many reasons for that that we mentioned last podcast. How in between places you're getting essential dialogue as you're traveling. Yes, makes the traveling seem less, you know, mundane. But it also, you know, but it allows for a depth of story without just sitting and watching cutscenes. Yes, and then during battle you're getting that same kind of stuff. And then and then with this, the gameplay is so different that you're not getting bored from the same type of gameplay over and over. Yeah. Like, it's it's just genius. It's I don't really know why creative. more games don't do this. It's really creative. Yeah. And without having to introduce a new mechanic every time mm-hmm. or introduce, <clears throat> like, a new way to play the game. Yeah, it's You're pretty still intuitive. playing it the yeah. same way, but, like, the structure, the design of the yeah, level totally. 
is such and to the where camera you angle feel yeah like it's new, and and so huge props to to this game for accomplishing that. I think it's oh, it's yeah. a really creative way to work with limited funds yes. and limited timetable yeah. and you know kind of a limited tool set in terms of what you can do mm-hmm. and make it interesting all the time. It's just it's really well done. Yeah, this game did it. not deserve a 66 on Metacritic. No, when it much came out. much higher uh, for many reasons, but yeah. story being among them, like, like just that alone. Like I said, I after playing Replicant off the back of it, it's like I get it. Yeah. I get that the gameplay could have been more fine tuned <laughs> or a little bit better yeah. in terms of the mechanics of movement and dodging and blocking mm-hmm. and fighting. That's not the best action combat ever. Right. But there's so many other things that the game does, like to such a insanely high level that to me it like just way more than makes up for it uh game certainly deserves no lower than an eight in my opinion yeah. <laughs> uh, if you, even if you totally even agree. if you just weren't as into it as i was i would give it higher than that but anyways um you rescue the prince yeah you get out of there and you go back and it's like okay my father died i can't help mm. you sorry about that but like you're, uh, we accept you as like a member of our society. Yeah. You're welcome here anytime. Is there anything I can do for you, right? Like I want to, I want to grant something. He more or less like commands you to. You almost have to. Yeah. To pick something that he can give, <laughs> yeah. in as a reward for helping. And what what he when the main character ends up asking for is for them to write a rule zero, mm. which I would think supersedes yes. every rule, right? In, you, in yeah, which I would think so. If anybody doesn't like a rule, they can the people vote. can vote to erase that rule or change yeah. it or something like that. And he's like, all right, um, I can do that. Now, there was a couple of things that, uh, more on the philosophical side that I thought about with this, because they talk about it more as they're kind of running through the desert while they're leaving. And, and Nier kind of continually says things like, and I wrote this down, there are as many ways to view the world as there are people in it. I imagine we'll come back to a whole new series of rules. Probably. But rules seem to work for them, so who are we to say otherwise? Oh, come now. There are as many ways to view the world as there are people in it. Sure, yeah. And because Vice keeps talking about like how ridiculous that society is. Mm-hmm. And, and Nier's the one kind of like defending it. And yeah, he's being trying. Like, yeah. You just don't understand it completely. And there are so many ways to view the world. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that he has that point of view, but like the first thing he asked for was a way to change the society. <laughs> I know, and I agree with you. Up to that point, I was like, this is great. He's accepting these people for who they are. He's accepting their culture yeah. and their society for what it is. Yet there is still a point where it's like, nope, you got to impose your... Your, um, your outside well, your view. Your democratic like, moral <laughs> principles on this, on this yeah. country. And, of course, they accept it just right away. because, And that's one of the fallacies of... The only reason I'll bring this up is because this is a direct theme of this. But it's one of the fallacies of the Iraq war in general. Which yes. is like, we're bringing them to them democracy. They're yeah. going to welcome it. As soon as we bring it up to them, they'll say, Oh, that's a great idea. Why didn't we do that? Which is what happened here in Facade. So he kind of undercuts his own, his own theme yeah. a little bit yeah. here. By having that portion there, I did not. I did not love that. Yeah, I didn't like that. That ended up being his yeah. what he asks them to do. Yeah. Given that he seems to have this perspective. Yeah, the about, understanding of why they are. I, I know like that they that. have a reason for it, even if I don't like it. 
that there's something meaningful we don't understand about this yet, and that, that there's as many ways to view the world as there are people in it. Mm. First thing that I'm going to dictate <laughs> is that you create a way for people to change your society yes. and impose more of my view of what a society should be. I, I, I felt like those were a little bit in conflict. A now, at the bit. same time, people are in conflict, and people sure. aren't perfect. So, yeah. you know, it, it, it's not to say that... It's, it, it's to say the main character is not a perfectly consistent in his moral compass, mm. right? And that's how people are. Which is normal, so yeah, which is no, especially could, for a young person. You could say it's natural yes. that he still does this, even if he says yeah. these things or wants to believe this way, maybe, that you know sometimes he's not always living that perfectly. Yeah. So that's that's He's still too. trying to nudge people subtly towards his <laughs> sure. way and I, of I living. Sure, and I think that's yeah. absolutely the way everybody is. And everyone's mm. at a different degree of sort of acceptance of diversity or whatever versus you know, holding to this is the right way to live. Yeah. Everyone's at a different place on that spectrum and maybe main character is somewhere over here but he's not perfectly over here and nobody is perfectly over here, right? Mm. Everybody has that thing that they really believe strongly is this is the way it should be yeah. and they're gonna you know, advocate for that in the instances they can. Yeah. Um, so anyways, it's not necessarily a knock but it was something no. I noticed, and I think it's something worth talking about. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> and I, I'm glad, at the very least, that they saved this for the end. Yeah. This would have done better as um, Grimoire Vice's request from the prince, as opposed to Nier's. Yeah, but, sure. But, you know, at the, at the very least, we got exposure to the culture before we realized that our character secretly wants to change it. <laughs> 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 All right, let's move on. <laughs> so you go back and, uh, you know, return to Yona again. And you, they end up going to sleep, and they have these weirdly weird dreams. It's actually a shared dream, though. Yes. So Nier's like, whoa, that was a freaking weird dream. What was that all about? And But he then he's talking to Yoni, realized that she saw the same, the same figure, exact dream. the same place. Yeah. It's like something weird's going on here. Yeah. So um, you end up going <laughs> and talking to Popola, and she received a letter from the mayor of a place called Forest of Myth. The Forest of Myth. Like a little forest village. And in the as the mayor was writing this letter, it like gets stranger oh, yeah. and stranger. There's a word that starts to like interject in between, yeah. and eventually the whole letter is just that that few words like over and yeah. over and over. And it's like okay, something weird's going on here. Um, yeah. We need someone to investigate. Well, that's the, it. Was so weird to see that in letter form. Yeah, because you know the joke from Monty Python and the Old Grail was, or in the Holy Grail. If he was dying, he wouldn't have bothered to write ah <laughs> on the wall. I do think right? that. He must have died while carving it. Oh, come on. Well, that's what it says. Look, if he was dying, he wouldn't bother to carve ah. He'd just say it. Well, that's what's carved in the rock. Perhaps he was dictating. Oh, shut up. And but then this then guy he, then he, is he, writing. He puts a it letter. in the envelope and stamps <laughs> it and puts it in the mail and he gets it. Yeah, exactly. But as, as we explore the Force of Myth, we see that that's not the weirdest thing going on yeah, here. Yeah, <laughs> like, not even there's close. crazy stuff happening. So you go visit, and the mayor's kind of sitting there, and you talk to him. And this was one of the things in this game that I felt like was like, could have been viewed as a huge risk. Yeah. Internally. Oh my gosh, yes. As like turning a whole section into what they did. A huge, it could have been a huge turnoff, so especially younger players. Yeah. yeah. The Forest of Myth is yeah. essentially a... 40-ish to hour long, depending on how quickly you yeah. read. Depending text, on how you read. Text adventure. Yeah, it's pure text. It's a visual novel of sorts. Yeah. yeah. And so, it, I mean, visual it's, novel, it's, it's a, it, a text adventure. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a blank screen with words. That's yes. it. You know, like the old text adventures for like 
the 80s computers and things yes, where it's just yes. like you type in an answer and it tells you dictate some stuff yeah. and then you like type in what to do next it's kind of like that yeah. um <laughs> so you go but but i love the the style of it um and i just really love the whole section in general at first even throughout the whole thing i I could kind of see and would be totally understanding of someone who hates this section. Yes, like, I would too. It's mandatory and it's really long. And you have to pay attention because they ask yes. you questions. You can't just you can't just bust through <laughs> right. the text because you have to pay attention to the story in yeah. order to get out of it. You'll get a game over if you don't do it right. Right. So, but I loved the way it transitioned into a dream state. The way it used text yeah. to accomplish that sort of like abstract. Yeah, and the text slowly moves higher up the screen yes. and your characters start fading into black until yes. the text is all the way at the like, top and you're at a black screen. So you have like a, there's like a text box, right? Like a, a, a black transparent. Yeah. Like a lower thirds. Yeah. Lower thirds text box yeah. and like small text for the whole game. And all of a sudden that like bumps up higher. It goes up to a little over half the yeah. screen. Yeah. But like the text is still small. But then the text gets big, and then yeah. like it kind of overtakes the whole screen, and then, and the then background slowly turns. it fades to black. It's just, just this transition. You that, almost don't notice it. Yes, yeah. that capture. At first, it was kind of like, oh, this is kind of. But it's it's just like slowly getting weird, and that's yeah. how dreams are. Yes. Dreams feel while you're experiencing. You don't know them, where it starts. Yeah, you, yeah. They it's just, feel weird. They yeah. feel normal while you're dreaming it. Yes. But then when it's over, you realize how strange it was. Yeah. And that was kind of how they accomplished that like abstract concept with text. And that was so cool. It was very cool. It was really creative. I don't how know they how I it. would have thought about that when I was 16 if I played this game, but yeah. that is cool. That it, is really cool. It's really cool. Uh, it's really almost, well written too. Like yeah. all oh, of these well little written. stories, because the localization was so important in this game. Yeah, like more than so many other games, but this part specifically, this had to have been localized so well. Like, 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 um, like novel, well, like a best-selling yes. novel style, yes. like level writing in not the language it was originally written in. So that's like hard to do. Localization yeah. is usually not tasked with that intense of a job <laughs> to do. Yeah. but they were here and they did a great job. They really did. And so like in each each one, it, it, again, not all the dreams are the same. Oh, they're very in, quite different. In one, you have to pay attention to the story and sort of like remember the details to repeat yeah. in order to escape the mayor's dream and bring him out of yes. this. Okay, so what's happening is there's like a, a dream disease. Sickness, yeah, dream disease. That, oh, what like, do they call it? I, I forget the name of it, but they, they have like an illness that is making them stay asleep in this dream world. I can't remember. And as yeah. you talk to the villagers, you like go into their dreams and into you share, their dream. Yeah, yeah, share their dream with them, and and you bring them out of it. So it's like what you're tasked to do is like wake them up, essentially from their yeah. dreams, right? And in order to do that, you have to go through their dream that they have probably been re-dreaming over and over. Yes, and you have to get them out of yes. their their dream. So like the first one is mostly your task with just listening to um, the mayor's story and making sure that you repeat the correct information when prompted. Yeah. So that's more just about paying attention. There's another one that um, you essentially have to choose to explore it. It's like I turn left and go this way or I turn north and yes, go this way. Yes, and you have and you to can remember. Get, that one's the, yeah. the one that's most like a text adventure. But that is the coolest one. Yeah. Like the, when that happens, it's not fun, but necessarily fun. But the story it's telling is freaking crazy. Yeah, because the it dream is really... Is, 
really bizarre and kind of disturbing. And very disturbing. And you yeah. can get game overs by going the wrong way yeah, and interacting turn. with the wrong thing. Yeah. And then you have to do it again and make sure that you go the right way to escape. Very much yeah. reminiscent of old old style text adventures. Again, like we said, some sections of the game are nods to Zelda. Some are nods to Resident Evil. Yes. Some are nods to Diablo. This mm. was a nod to whatever text adventure game Yoko Taro grew up playing. <laughs> whatever in the 80s. that was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, he, he's he's paying homage probably mm. to the games that he likes. You know, yeah. that he's played that he respects or whatever. And so I really, really liked it. And then the last one uh, was... You're out in like the desert, the desert or something and, and you're you walking like, towards a city of art, like yeah. this art structure thing. Yeah. And it ends up, I think, being a just a barren, destroyed city a thousand years yeah. later, right? Like New right. York or something, or Tokyo. Or something. And you, you basically have to solve riddles in that one. Yeah, the, um, yeah, yeah. Where it's like, oh no, it's not riddles, it's like... Well, the, one, of them, one, of them, the mayor, one of them does the mayor have riddles. Had, the had riddles throughout riddles it. it. But the this, mayor one had them. This is more like um, uh, like a logic problem. Yes, that like was it. That uh, was it. you know, if this if two of two of these statues are liars and one of them always tells yes. the truth, and this is the statement from this one, and this is the and statement from this one. They're blaming the other. This is the yeah. statement. Who's telling one? the truth? Yeah. So it's like a, you have to think about it. Like, yeah, oh, that one's only one of these people can tell the truth. So because this person said this and this person said this, you then had to deduce. Mm-hmm. Well, they can't be telling the truth because, yeah. anyways, they're in conflict. So the other way right. must be. Yeah. So this has to be the true uh, uh, one to pick. So I really That's liked right. that That's one. Right. That was that was really memorable. But anyways, the whole section was fascinating. Yeah. I just had a great time in it. Each it, of those I was smiling stories, the whole way through. Each of those stories. So I. Don't know if this is said explicitly within the game, but um, the the tree, there's a tree in the Forest of Myth that stores yes. memories and that kind of, yeah. I don't know, has control over It's like a supercomputer. Yes. Which we'll go back to. And it, the memories later. are written on the leaves, but the tree's losing its leaves. Well, these memory, or these dreams that these people are having are, there are several times where the people having the dream, like the mayor, will say, oh, you look familiar. I've talked to you before. Mm-hmm. But, okay, there's this quote right here, which is, yeah. it has, and so I'm not going to say too much, but this has direct um, implications for the game later on. But within the Forest of Myth, um, here it is. Nope, that's a different one. By the way, if I'm skipping over sections you have notes about it, let me know so we can... Don't worry, I've been looking at them, so okay. we're good. Um, in the Forest of Myth, the mayor says he is not the mayor that we know. So at the very end of the dream, mm. we see the mayor and we're, and we're like, oh, the person we've been looking at the whole time that was all misty and we couldn't tell, oh, it's the mayor. And he goes, I'm not the mayor that you know. I'm like, okay. And then he says, and he met a version of us that was not ourself. He said, I mm-hmm. met a version of you, but it was not yourself. And then he th- just lets that riddle kind of sit. And, and, and leaves. The, the dream about the art, the art structures in the desert that became a, an abandoned city, or at least it appeared to be, um, that is likely an actual memory, like an yes. actual thing that happened. This, the mayor meeting us at a, at a past time is a thing that happened in the past. Yes. And then that castle that we were taking people from where people were being tortured I, and it was are, horrific. Are, are we in the uh, neo meeting the what the architect situation <laughs> <laughs> yes something like that that was that one was crazy um that one was my favorite though the the yeah. castle as weird as it was i don't know everything about that one was crazy it was nice. but it was it was a it seemed to be at least a hint towards a memory of a thing that actually did or may have happened yeah and uh that's 
that made this um, more, I feel like I probably would have even younger, uh, from a younger age, I would have been able to do well at this part. I may not have loved it, but it is relevant to the game. These stories seem completely out of left field, totally yes. unrelated. And but just like, they are, as dreams tend to be, right? As dreams tend to be. But you look at the text and there are hints within the text that this is not entirely unrelated yes. to what's Which, been happening. like I said, we'll probably have to dig into like the fullness Later. of that <laughs> on another episode. Yeah, we're not going to go into that Too now. much to get through, but we... But like it's there. Said, you replay the game more than once, and so like we'll be returning to talk about this at a future point. Perfect. But um, anyways, you help all these people out. Oh, one thing I really liked too was that the second dreamer... Well, I guess it depends on the order you choose to do it, but oh, for me, you can't tell because she's wearing like a shawl. Mm, you that's can't right. tell if it's a man or woman. But yeah. they kind of hide, and this is the yeah, the, the quirkiness of true. the way that they're written is really nice because like I love it. see because this is only text. Yeah, you didn't know that I'm actually a woman this whole and time. And they'll even say that in the text. Yeah, <laughs> and in the mayor's dream, it's yeah. like vice is responding to the yeah, narrator. He's like, I didn't say that. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I. I, I'm Grimoire Vice and like I yeah. have ultimate power and like <laughs> you don't tell me what to say or whatever. And then they'll do looks. They'll be like a, a, like a solemn wall. look flashed across the face of, of, the, of the book. Or yeah. the, you know, and he's like, no, I, that's not what happened. It's so funny. <laughs> it's I fourth wall it. breaking yes, in yes, a yes. wonderful way. In a different way. And yeah. it's just kind of the quirkiness of uh, Taro's style that, that I, I really, really like. Yeah. So the whole section's great. Um, and like you said, it may seem like you don't learn much or that, like, what was the point of this? Mm-hmm. There is a point to it, and, and we'll, come, we'll return to it later. Yes, we will. But, um, so after this, you head back. And this is where there's some, <laughs> this was funny, because if you're Papa Nier, this probably lands a little differently than Brother Nier. Yeah. But there's some kid that's writing letters to Yona, right? Yes. And it's like, who is this kid? And she says, oh, it's my friend. We write letters every now and then. And it's like, if you're the dad near. Like a pen pal. Yeah, it's like a yeah. pen pal. But it's like, oh, what's the motive? What's this guy doing? How yeah. This might be like a 40-year-old guy. Uh, you know, <laughs> as it turns out, that may not have been too far from the truth. But, it's um, true, actually. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't who you think it is and, and 100% true. So anyways, um, the person is named Emil or Emil. How, how would you say this? I think it's Emil. So it's Emidu. Emidu Emil. in Japanese. Emil. Emil, okay. It's how they say it in English. But like, it's, like it's funny they bring that up because I'm sure this is not the way that the text is going to read in, or the, what they're going to say in the replicant version. But when when Nier walks out the house, mm-hmm. he and Vice are kind of going back and forth, and he's like, oh, great, my kid has a boyfriend. Yes. And, <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, I can't remember if if replicant Nier says that or not. I could see but being even, similar as a like overprotective brother. Yes, even if he does, it just doesn't land quite the, not same, the same as a father yes. would. A father would yes. be like, stop writing to that dude right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyways, there's like some issue and Emil's sick and needs some help and do you know anyone who can help? And she's writing back, oh, my brother's great, he can help you. And so she asks us, hey, can, can you help him? Uh, problem being, we have a, we have trouble getting to that place. I think we need to take a boat. Is that is this? No, no, we no. Need to take? So it's on the way to seafront, and you kind of hook around before okay, you get so there. And the manor is just kind of in between the two. Okay, okay. But it's got like a big gate, yeah. and like you pass through it, and like it looks very eerie and desaturated. Um, everything goes desaturated <laughs> yes, except the, the characters. Yeah. The characters are in color, but everything else is in black and white, and. 
I remember thinking I should probably look into if there's any explanation for mm. why that is, and I did not write the note, and so now I'm remembering next I didn't do that, so I'll look into Luckily, it Luckily, we're time. playing it again. If there was a reason for it yes. going black and white. But. Other than, um, it just looks, it, this is the part that is Resident Evil. It looks and feels yes. just like Resident Evil. And I loved it. Yes, I me too. I fetching loved it. Uh, yeah. I loved the, the, the fixed camera. The fixed camera. So every yeah. time you go around a corner, the camera's in a different place. Sometimes it's a wide-angle lens, and yeah. it looks really creepy. Yeah. There's paintings on the wall, and it's just cobwebs, and it's just And he runs looks. a little slower. He's very slow. And he, you also can't roll inside oh, of the building. Yes, you can't like yeah. dodge or evade because yeah. he's not running his full speed. So Which, like, there's even like limits yeah. on the movement that are, I think, Makes maybe homages to Resident Evil, which yes, had I tank think, controls. Yes, I think so, exactly. Because in, in Resident Evil, like moving around is scary just because yes. it's so awkward. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so it's like, oh, he's getting close, fetch, like, uh, go around. <laughs> and every time you open a door, the, the screen goes black and you hear it. Mm-hmm. And then the screen goes, and, but that's like Resident Evil. Yes. I don't know, it's just really... Really fascinating the way that they did it. I, I loved, it. loved it, and it made me just wish again that modern games, especially RPGs, would try fixed camera angles I more know. often. Because I just love the style they of it. They did a good job. I love the style of it. Um, now, there are some shades, right? There, there are, are some shades, shades but you not fight. as much as you'd think. Not that many, but they're, yeah. they're there. And then you meet a new character, Emil, who is the is like the master of this manor. Yeah, and basically. he's like a little kid. 10. Well, he's he, he appears 12th. to be a little kid. Well, yeah. <laughs> it appears to be a young child. He's, uh, and sounds, um, and yeah, yeah, he seems very, very young. And uh, blindfolded. Um, so, yeah. okay, what's going on here? This is weird. And, it, and you, you come to find out uh, Emil doesn't know anything about writing letters. These letters, yeah. To but, but he has a butler... Yes. Weird stuff going on with the butler too, but I don't know that we really figure everything out. Well, with I him. <laughs> so the reason he's blindfolded is because he's has a curse where if yeah. he looks at you with his eyes like a Medusa type, yes. you turn to you stone, turn to you stone. petrify. Yeah, completely. Um, and I, I believe the reason why the butler is kind of he's very slow. It's it's like he's half petrified almost, oh, right? Like so, it's like Emil might have glanced at mm. him sidelong or something and so he's like well, he's like he I, he can't really fight and he can't move very well and he's kind of heavy I didn't in the think limbs of that. Yeah. and I think it's because he probably got like partially petrified something happened like a mirror or like a, oh, some maybe a mirror side or effect yeah. yeah so every, every now and then we'll go into a room and he's there yeah and yeah, I think one of the characters responds. I can't. I don't know who it would be, but it's like, is this a person or a statue? Like, <laughs> yes. this looks so creepy. My thinking would be that he. My initial thought after completing the game was that he was some sort of android-ish oh, type character. That's actually a possibility. Yeah, yeah, but I don't. I don't know that it says one way or another. Yeah. I actually. I like your theory on that. I think that's that was the thought that I had because they were. Ta- yeah. He was talking about having. <clears throat> he has a hard time moving. He's a good man at heart, but a bit inflexible. Almost like a statue. He yeah. has a hard time, like, he doesn't have mobility. Mm-hmm. And so my thought was, like, he must have been partially or half petrified yeah. somehow. Because he lives with a, a kid who can he petrify. Lives with, and, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of statues. There are statues all around that of courtyard. Of children and yes. women and other people and stuff. Yep. And it's like, <laughs> well, obviously that's what happened to them. Yes, clearly. Um, so, Poor anyways. Emil. Emil, Emil, Emil? Emil. Is Emil. Emil, I like that. Yeah. Emil. He is, um, I think he is my favorite character in the entire game. Really? Yeah. Really? Okay. I absolutely love that character. He's, That's awesome. He's wonderful. So why is that? 
well, it's for some stuff that we'll talk about later, but he is so, he, he's honest and he's like, you know how, um, I think the part that endeared me to him the most was when he and Kaine have to sleep outside yes. and he talks about how it was like they were in a tent and he was like, it was like a camp out. Yeah. You know? He's such a, he's such a young spirited kid in a horrible situation, but he is so like positive. Yeah. He is so, it, it's, it's, I love his character. I love the way he, everything he does and the way he thinks and the way he is and acts and everything. I just, I in his history. I love his character. He's my absolute favorite. That's awesome. And he, it kind of, it like borderline brings a tear to my eye with, mm. with his character as things progress throughout the story. Because it's like, yeah. this is like such a good kid. He doesn't, really he doesn't deserve this crap. Okay. You know? The fact that you have said <clears throat> that is really good. Because there's something I would love to get your perspective on when we oh. get to the end of the well, summer. Good, good. Because it landed differently for me, but I, I want to see. see your perspectives. I, I have a very good <clears throat> feeling that it will be different than mine. Okay. So okay. it will be a good discussion. Cool. But anyways, the, the, the idea while you're there is to go into the library of this manor because there should be um, something written there that could hopefully... They could cure The him. butler could work More on less, to right? yeah. cure him of his curse. Yeah. But the butler can't fight the shade that's in there. Yeah, and so it's like, right. if you can go in there and help us out with that, that was what I was really writing the letters for, was to try yeah. to get, because he'd heard rumors of this warrior, warrior from type, the village. Yeah, who just kills every shade he sees. Who's like really <laughs> powerful. Yeah. So it's like, he was baiting him into coming yeah. there by writing to Yona, right? So it so, was not, a, actually, it was actually an older man with yeah. ulterior motives who wrote to Yona. <laughs> but the but, ulterior yeah. motives motives were, were not to sexual. save Emil. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, oh, anyways, man. we agree to do it. And, of course, Vice is always like, why are we agreeing to help other people all the time? He's, like, <laughs> grumbling about it. Like, you're too, you know, soft. You know, people take advantage of you. Yes, of Which course. is absolutely true because I did every true. damn side quest of part well, one. There are some, <laughs> there's some where the, the people literally scam you and skip town. And it's like, what? Oh, <laughs> what a man. horrible waste of time. I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute because it was actually really important to how I interpreted something that happens in part two, which okay, we're good. almost up to now. Okay. But you go down there, you fight the shade. It's a book. And you fight it and you it's get the grimoire, page. It starts with an R. It's like a red. Yeah. It's like Grimoire Vice. It's a different Grimoire. Grimoire Ru- Ruby something or other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, you fight it, you get the page he's looking for, the butler's like, all right, I'm going to work on this curse. And thank you very much. <clears throat> now, when they're leaving, Kaine and Emil have a great scene together. Um, <clears throat> where, I mean, there were things that you could have picked up on, right? And I don't know if it was stated outright before this, but this is at least the first time it's stated outright. That... Kaine is possessed by a shade. Yeah. This is why she wears bands. She always holds her left arm. On her yeah. arm and leg. Because yep. that's actually a shade arm and leg if you were to like unwrap yeah. that. Right? And and so she's possessed by a shade and she's she's talking to him about your eyes are not um, a curse. Like they're part of who you are. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, you should accept that. And she has reasons for feeling this way about right. parts of her body too. Yes. Which we don't know about yet. Not and yet. we won't know about till the second playthrough. But they connect on that in that way. Yeah. And there's a really, really nice little beautiful piece of dialogue they share back and forth. And she whispers something to him that we're not privy to on this playthrough. Um, and then you're leaving and, you know, uh, Vice, you know, sticks or, or po- pokes her ribs a little bit. As he always does. And, <laughs> and she's like, it. shut up. And, and even Mir is like, okay, you're going too far. Like, stop. Yeah. And then, uh, anyways, but that scene... Um, I felt was really, really well done. But um, 
Then you head back to the village. And this is where things get freaking nuts. Yeah, this is crazy. <laughs> the this the, is the crazy. town gets attacked by and a huge Emil can kind of like feel it. Like he's yeah. blind, but he's very sensitive in other ways. Mm-hmm. And he can feel it. He's like the shades are coming. Like he says that well before anything happens. And yeah, because he runs back to the village to warn you this is coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and enters in is like, oh, you know, get ready. So that boss fight is awesome. It's crazy. There's many parts it's to it. It's crazy, yeah. At first, you're like at the gate, and yeah, he's just wrecking the whole city. And then, you know, he's, he's making his way to the library, trying to stop him before he gets there. Kaine shows up to help you at the end, and you're both fighting together. It's super epic and cool. And then you think you beat it, and then like the head like ends up getting into the library yeah. itself, and you're fighting it, and it's like, all right, we're going to lock it in this basement. In the <laughs> door, but then Kaine's, that's her, her job for the last like portion of the fight is, is to, to just hold, hold the door. The door and closed. that's it. She's not actually helping. Because fight. at that moment, the Shadow, Shadow Lord, Lord appears with Grimoire Noir. Noir. And he is holding Yona. Yeah, he came like to abduct in a Yona. Sacrificial, like she is prostrate, she is just horizontal, and he is just holding her. Yeah. Right? And so it's like, holy crap, what? Did, who is the Shadow well, oh, Lord? But before that, this is oh, important. Okay. Before that, we say, Devila and Popola, we say, I think it was Devila, we say, go protect Yona. Yes. Go to the place and protect Yona. She's yes. over at the market or whatever. And I'm going to go fight the shade. You go protect Yona. <clears throat> okay, anyways. That's just important. Yes, it's then, important that they were supposed to be taking care yes. of her. And they then were, Shadow they... Lord shows up with Yona. It's like, ah, oh, man, how did that happen? And yes. why is Shadow Lord so interested in Yona? Yes. Specifically her. Like, yes. what the heck? You're just trying to save your sister from this thing that everyone gets at some point and is just this awful disease. And you're trying to help her out. And this dude just grabs your sister. Like, you're, you're, as far as you know, an unimportant figure in the grand scheme of the world. Mm -hmm. But that the lead, they refer to him as like the head shade. Like, he's the leader of the shade. In fact, as he shows up with Yona and Grimoire Noir, the other shades around him kind of kneel down. And they, like, bow to him. Mm -hmm. He is in complete control. The the ruler or the leader of the the shades, right? And he is, he is, um, interesting, he has no facial expression. He does not emote at all. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't say a word. And now, I I like that for two reasons. Obviously, one, they're hiding a big reveal for later. Yes, and we don't, it's not time for that. There's like a subtlety to the fact that he has no need to speak to you. It's like, noir speaks for me. Like, I'm so above you, I'm not even going to come down to your level to speak to you, kind of a thing. And he like flies and stuff, yeah. Yeah. He's like as far very as powerful. Tell, very powerful. And I really liked that, not just for the fact that they're hiding a reveal, but for the fact that it felt, you know, a lot of main villains, they're going to sit there and monologue for three yes, hours. Yes, and they'll before. explain their motives. <laughs> and yes, yes. And it's like, why would you do that? Just, you're there for a reason. Nah. Come there and get out. And, you know, so I liked that he doesn't speak at all there, the Shadow Yeah, Lord. me too. But Noir speaks a lot. And this yes. is where it's revealed that Vice and Noir are supposed to, like, the, the actual. Uh, prophecy yeah. that we talked about last time, the song from of the, the ancients. From the song, yeah. They're supposed to combine with each other, right? It's not that the white is supposed to destroy the black, yes. which is the way it's been interpreted. Yeah. It's, it's that they're supposed to actually combine into one again. And that like restores Vice's memories right. and that their actual purpose is something different than what the song suggested. Mm-hmm. Um, and since we got all the way through ending A, I'm trying to decide which parts of this are spoilers or not. But essentially, well, we'll, we'll, we'll wait till the end of the summary at least to get to that yeah. part of it. But 
Vice is kind of like, oh, he doesn't know what to do. He's confused by this. He's yeah. maybe entranced a bit. Because he does feel there is some truth to what Grimoire yes. Noir is speaking to him. And yes. he, he has, it's almost like a distant memory that, that, that he's here. It's, it's reminding him of something in his past that he's forgotten. And Grimoire Noir is telling him these things and he's just like, it's like a dream almost. Mm. Yeah, the, the background goes white and it's just echoey and he's just like in his own head of like, what? And Grimoire Noir is like, yeah, we're supposed to do this. And, and like, this is how it's supposed to be. And Vice is like, he just can't believe it. He's like about to like pass out. Like, yeah. He's just racking his mind, right? And that's when Kaine's Kaine with her wonderful monologue <laughs> from the title screen yes. comes in to snap him out of it. Yeah. And she is very she does uh, so. good at it. She yeah. does so. She snaps him out of it. And he's like, you know. No one's ever called me <laughs> names like this before. Because <laughs> <laughs> he gets mad if you even don't say Grimoire Vice. If you don't if say you his say full name. Vice, <laughs> which in, um, in uh, the Japanese, when um, Yona talks to Grimoire Vice, she calls him uh, Shiro-chan. So uh, Shiro meaning white, right? And everyone yeah. just calls him, oh, hey, Shiro, Shiro. And Shiro just means white, and he doesn't like that because it's like white. But yeah. she says Shiro-chan, which is like a cutesy Yeah, way. like a like a like a very familiar. <laughs> yes, yeah. If you're intimate, or you would you would call like a baby a yeah. chan, you know. And like, and they they so say, they put that as vicey, so with a Y. Vicey, okay, English, that's how they. That's kind of what you do with baby names. You put a little yeah. Y on the end, right? And he he'll he'll tolerate it because he likes Yona, but he hates it. But he's never been like talked to like this before. Yeah. this is like way over the line. And so you fight Grimoire Noir. Uh, it's one of those where you, you win in the game, lose in the cutscene deals. <laughs> ah, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. We're not strong enough to beat him. And I think that, like, your powers even get taken from you for part of that. It's like, yeah, I think that's what happens. So it's like yeah. Grimoire Vice's powers get sucked out. Yeah, you have to, his like, powers. recover them. And as you recover yes. them, you're using them again to win. Yeah. And anyways, the point, the ultimate point is the Shadow Lord gets away with Yona. We don't and know he where he goes. Stabs you in the freaking chest. Yeah, and, like, yes, and that happens so horrifically. He's wounded badly. Yeah. And um, uh, Grimoire Noir gets away, and this monster is about to emerge. Kaine can't keep the door shut. And yeah. at that point, it's like, well, they're probably not going to beat it because Nier is mortally wounded. So she ends up asking Emil to petrify her yeah. in order to create a barrier that the monster can't get out of to seal right. the monster in the basement. Yeah. And of course there's a lot of back and forth there. No, I can't do that. I can't possibly do that. No, Kaine, don't make me do it. Mm-hmm. And she eventually convinces him and so it's a sacrificial yeah. thing on her part. And so he does it. He takes off his blindfold. You see his eyes for the first time. Yeah. And petrifies kid. her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, and then there's uh, that, that kind of whole section comes to an end. It's, it's kind of a almost a belly of the whale type situation in terms right. of the where we are at in the story. Mm. It's like the lowest point. It's the bottom. Yeah. Right? Your daughter or your sister is gone. Yeah. Everything's the village just got like Kaine is dead now. Kaine's gone. Yeah, although at the very end, Grimoire Vice, um, everyone's saying their goodbyes to Kaine. Yeah. And Kaine's like, well, I guess it's your turn, right? And he's like, I'm not saying bye to you. <laughs> and his his reasoning is. Like I, I, I suspect that it'll take more than this. being turned to stone to to do in right. with you, yeah, right? to actually kill you. Yeah, and she's like, "Well, I doubt she's it." Like, but. Yeah. Well, in the Japanese, she says, "Oh, soka," which means like, "I wonder," and uh, then 
that's one of the differences. Interesting. Yeah. So she, what she's really saying is, yeah. Anyways, I, and I, you can translate it as I doubt. I'm not saying the translator's got it wrong. I'm just saying there's a nuance that's sure. different in the the way that they have her character in the Japanese and English. Right. And that's one of them. But Sokad in general means like, you like you could be right, you could be wrong, or I wonder kind of thing. You know, yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean that she doubts it, yeah. but at least she's questioning it more or less. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a little softer. It softens her character more in the Japanese than in the English, where she's a lot harder, you know? Yeah. So, um, we... Oh, we also get the reveal here that essentially the Shadow Lord set this all in motion. So, like, the the journey to collect the sealed verses, all of that was the Shadow Lord, like, leading us on, prompted us. Like, we weren't gathering it because... uh, Well, we... The, origi- the original idea, Nier's original idea was, oh, we have to gather all the sealed verses so we can gather all of uh, Vice's power, yeah. and then he can destroy the Black Book, which will destroy the, the Black, Black scroll. scroll. Yeah. But what what's really happening is that Vice is going to be restored to a point where he and Noir can get to, can combine again. Mm-hmm. So the Shadow and it Lord seems like to accomplish Noir's purpose. Yes, or not the Shadow so much, Lord's purpose, or the Shadow Lord's, not so much Grimoire Vice's purpose because yes. he doesn't even know. Yes, he doesn't know why. So it's like this is exactly what the yeah. villain wanted you to do. Everything you did was in the pursuit yep. of the Shadow Lord's. Goal. Right into my trap. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah. that's kind of belly of the whale situation, yeah. and. Uh, Skipping down here. So, the, yeah. The, to so, the five year time skip. Yeah, it's a time skip now. And when we come back from the time skip, it's funny because you're out in the, what, in the northern lands and yeah, you're yeah. you're just fighting shades, fighting doing shades, your normal thing. Looking for Yona for yes, five years. Basically. Trying and to find clues. Still with Grimoire Vice, you're still like there, you know, you're still doing the same thing, basically. You've just been working and fighting for five years straight. So, here's the part again where I give the, 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 tip of the hat to the replicant version, yeah. you get a much cooler, older version of the character. Yeah, and the voice change. The voice change. Is, he's yeah, gruffer. He's different. Yeah. He's like cooler looking now. This is where the Japanese it becomes more in conflict yeah. with English, is with this new version of Nier, who's a lot gruffer. He's lot. an adult yeah. versus a kid or a teenager. Yeah, he looks quite um, different. He's v- very singularly focused on um, a goal now. He's not... Yeah. He has his perspective has changed in this desperation to not accept a loss, right? Like to regain what was taken from him. It's changed him as a person in in a lot of ways. There's something Um, that I'll I suppose I should bring it up later. Okay, but this deals with the cyclical stuff too. Hopefully, I'll remember it. So, in the Gestalt version. He's he wears, already older. It's no he, different. He wears like a leather diaper on his face now. <laughs> like it's okay. a really dumb mask. Right, yeah. And it looks really stupid. And I have no yeah. idea why that was the time skip version of the character. Huh. It's like they huh. want to make him look different now. But I just, that thing he wears makes no sense. It's like yeah. covering up his eye for no reason. And it's just this like really weird scrap of leather wrapped around his head that... It just looks dumb. I'm sorry. Like the the, the five year <laughs> time is much skip, better. The five year time skip for the kid, near is way cooler than the five year time skip for the pop and near character. Um, anyways, the shades are more evolved now. They they wear armor and stuff, and so they've gotten harder to fight. You have to use a lot more magic against them. But some of them have like magic shields, like can deflect magic, and so it's like th- the whole world is a lot more bleak. They keep 
they keep the gates shut like all the time now in the village. Um, yes, yeah. Everyone's more on edge. Yep. yep. Uh, it's looking bleaker and bleaker all the time. Um, there's, there's like a couple of changes in the village like, I don't know if you saw these, these NPCs, but you, you know that place where you can kind of run up the stairs onto like the bridge that leads, like the, the stone bridge that leads around to where you can go get in the boat. Yes, yeah. If you go yeah. left there kind instead of, of right and going down the bridge mm -hmm. and you go up the hill a little bit, there's like a pair of lovers up there mm -hmm. um, who talk to each other. And you go up there now and she's alone and her, her boyfriend or husband has died. Yeah. Like everything is just a lot worse now and you kind of feel yeah. the heaviness of it. Yeah. And I mean, that's reflected in the character and his new kind of personality that's turned a little mm. darker. Um, everything's just a lot more bleak, right? Well, and the, every now and then, when we do talk to Popola, um, as we kind of start to, you know, start things up again with the game, uh, and there's new things that we've found that we're starting to look for, yeah. she'll ask us, like, hey, are you sure that Yona's still alive? Like, she doesn't say yeah. those exact words, but she hints, like, are you, like, are you positive? And he's like, shut up, don't say yeah. that. Like, She's alive. I can feel it. Don't bring it up again. Yeah. But whereas before, it's like, oh, we got to save Yona. She's back at home. Now it's like, we got to save her. I don't know where she is. And she might not even be alive. Right now. Another thing, uh, at least in the English version, is he, he takes note of how, um, how Popola has not aged at all. Yes. Yeah. He, he's she like, you know, you look exactly the same as the day I met you. Yeah. However long ago that was for him, you know, it's like, you, you still look great. And it's like, I'm getting super old pop in ear version he's in his 40s now mm -hmm. you know so he's like i'm getting older and you still look good so another kind of hint dropped about exactly what's going on with devil and popola yeah but um anyways you end up going from there uh there's there's a letter from emil who has gotten a lead oh, on how to right. unpetrify Kainan. yeah and so it's like, come to the manor, um, let's talk about this, because I think I know I can, uh, how we can save her. So you go back there, and there's a second level inside of the manor. Yeah, it's like... Underneath. Yeah. It's like a secret lab area. So yeah. the manor was created. It, it feels very FF7-like with yes, the, the, the Shinra the, mansion. Yeah, and the, the, the <laughs> camera angle yeah. being... Um, well, it's not fixed, but it it's kind of follows isometric. you. But yeah, it's isometric, and it's yeah. a three quarters, and it's just there. You can't like move it around. Yeah, yeah. But the yeah, but they built the that. mansion as a front to hide the laboratory the lab that's underneath. underneath, right? Yeah. And the, the Shinra Manor is the same way. It's like mm, the, that's right. It's like a that's mansion, right. but underneath right. they're doing all their experiments. Yeah. Right. So, anyways, you go down there, but it kind of feels more like Diablo-like gameplay-wise, where you got this yeah. high three quarters isometric view. You can still rotate the camera around if you want to, but mm. it's got that feel to it, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, more maybe like a Western RPG type yeah. of like camera feel to it. So anyways, you go through that whole laboratory, uh, you're learning clues, it's, it's, it's suggesting. Emil's starting to act different uh, the further in we go. Yeah. He's starting to, uh, I want to say. Awaken a bit. Yeah, remember things and yeah, starting to figure out a little bit about how he became like Medusa. Yeah. And, it, and, you know, for us, like the player playing the game, it's like, oh, this technology is reflective of our time, more yes, or less. More so this modern. was the ancient civilization of Nier's world 1,500 years ago or whatever it is mm. that was kind of our modern day. Yeah. Uh, and this lab is, from, is like a relic from that time. So you're making your way down there, and you learn that Emil and his twin sister 
were experiments yeah, there were in subjects. Uh, these, these uh, attempts to infuse magic into kids to turn them into weapons. Um, yeah. And because again, magic was introduced into our universe via the the E ending of Drakengard yes, when the, yeah. the dragon and the giant showed up. Yeah. So that's where the white chlor- chlorination comes from. But then the scientists discover yeah. magic. Yeah. Yes, and so and they're, they're, they're trying to figure it out, right? And it's yeah. like that's where everything goes wrong and where the whole civilization collapses and yeah. where people go extinct. But, well, not exactly extinct, and we'll talk yeah, about we'll why talk that about is. what happened to <laughs> but, all the people. Uh, <laughs> but anyways... There's remnants of that, of these scientists experimenting on kids with this new magical element that came into the world via Drakengard's portal yeah. that uh, went wrong. And what you find is that his sister is the boss of this area, um, freaky looking skeleton, monster Very looking thing. freaky, yeah. And basically says, my sister is like the greatest weapon that's ever been created and they couldn't control it. So, so they like chained it to this you know, place. It was like yeah. imprisoned in this chamber. Yeah. And so, anyways, it it escapes, and he's like, listen, if my sister manages to consume me, uh, kill kill my sister, basically, or kill me, or I can't remember exactly what he says, but he's like, right. but he's like, you know, but as, as soon as he says that, he gets fetching swallowed by, yes. the, <laughs> by you, the monster. And you know what's going to happen. But he's trying to, like, save his sister at in you know the best he can yeah and so you fight he can't <laughs> the monster it's yeah. actually not a very hard boss fight for all of the talking about how um, oh how powerful how powerful is. it is it's like this is actually yeah. one of the easier bosses in the game uh, at least it was for me yeah. but anyways you beat it and um, it's revealed Emil has changed he's gone he's undergone a, a physiological change yeah he's been transformed into something different and the whole point of this was again, to find out how to save Kaine, how to control his petrification mm-hmm. magic a little better. And he gains that and a lot more in that like he has access to very powerful yeah. magic. He's like <clears throat> a way more powerful mage now. Yeah. But the consequence is he's been transformed into a skeleton. A skeleton. Man with, with that. a giant, with the Yokotaro mask. The helmet, yeah, the mask <laughs> on his face. The big circular smiling creepy yes. skeleton mask that yeah. Yoko Taro wears in his interviews and things. That's where that mask comes from. And it's like a huge breakdown. I mean, imagine, you know, mm-hmm. that happening to you. It's like being transformed into a monster. Yep. And he's 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 pretty unhappy. In fact, he's surprised. He's legitimately surprised that we still like accept him, accept him or want to be around him at all. Mm-hmm. Cuz he feels like he's just so hideous. But he can see now. Yes. And he can see everybody. And he's like, what he says to Nier is, you look just like I thought you'd look. Super cool. Which <laughs> works for the brother Nier character who does look cool now. <laughs> it's kind of weird because, again, it's, it's almost like, I think there's kind of two ways you can interpret it. And I think they're both correct. Yeah. Um, I do think that there, there is some subtext, and we'll probably get into more of this next time, that Emil is a gay character, right? He, oh, right, he likes yeah. men. And so he has this attachment to the main character, an affection for right. the main character. I think that there's an undertone of that there, but there's also just an admiration for the strength because yeah. Emil's a very weak character. Yeah. So he looks at him for the first time and it's like, 
you look just like I imagined. You yeah. look so cool. And then it pans up to diaper face wearing <laughs> old man, ugliest fetching main character ever near. It's like, that's not it. That's not how this was supposed to go. He was supposed to look like a freaking like beast, like yeah, in the yeah. replicant version. Right. Another area where it's like, I can see that the intention was probably the younger male near character, not yeah. the older character, but... Um, <laughs> He just looks so jacked in that scene in the in the Gestalt version, but anyways, um, it's a nice moment though. Yeah, uh, it is because, and it only takes him a minute, and he's like, you know, at first I didn't like this, but you know, it's not so bad. Yeah, right. And it's just like so quick. That's what I love about Emil. He's he he is a very, I don't know. He he he's an awful situation, and he he kind of you know makes the most out of it, or makes yeah. the best out of it as best as he can. Yeah. And so, like, that's a pretty crazy, tragic thing to happen. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's how he, that's how he responds. We also, we learn a lot about, like, the, the way, like, the experiments that they did and yep. stuff. And Emil, specifically, he, he's been around for a long time. Long time. <laughs> a very long time. It's unknown how long, but thousands of years old. Yeah. It yeah. Likely, since the beginning, he, he is, you know, he's just, this is how he's been. And in part, um... I think this was partially true of his sister as well, that like there was some type of immortality mm. system thing where they, they couldn't undo what they had done with the magic. Right. But the life that they had was not a, a great life, but, but they, they, it was hard for them to exit life, basically. Yep. It's yep. like basically impossible. So, so we learned that about him. But he's like, I know how to use magic to free yeah. Kaine now. He so can control it. Yeah. They go back. And they release Kaine, and this was one of my favorite scenes yeah. in the game, um, where she comes out of the petrification, and like, there, how long has it been? Oh, it's been five years. It's like, yeah. wow. I mean, just a very genuine shock of that's a really long time. Yeah. Like, wow. And I love how they're all saying, it's so great to see you again. <laughs> and uh, and uh, uh, main character is like, I think it's especially it's it's great to like see you again, and her yeah. response is, "You look like shit." <laughs> <laughs> That's right, it, and I can't remember the Japanese yeah, there, but just, it probably she, wasn't as harsh. She's so great. I freaking love her so much. She's such a great character. <laughs> she's good. But but yeah. and I especially love it because what happens right after that? She kind of like locks eyes with Nier, and there is especially for the time and the budget of this game, mm. an expression on her face, right? I, yeah. I talk about how one of my, one of the things I value most in good storytelling is the ability to say a lot without saying anything, which is oh, why yes. I like that the Shadow yes. Lord didn't talk. Yeah. And yeah. I like that she doesn't say anything. She looks at him and I can see it in her eyes and face. She is so shocked that anyone cared after five years to try to save her. She yeah. could not, she doesn't know how to handle that. Right. Cause like, she doesn't value herself that way. came back yeah. and like, we're still thinking about helping me. Right. Five years later, you still care? Mm. I can't believe that, what? And like, that's what I get, but it's only from a look. Wow. And it's the first time that she that's looks powerful. at him and I can see a, romantic undertone there like she mm. she's appreciative and so shocked about how they care about her but she definitely feels something for him mm. too 
and that gets a little more um, evident like later in the Shadow Lord's castle. Yes, but but it's just such a great moment because I, I like even in the PS3 version. I, mean, I haven't played the replicant version up to that point yet, obviously, but. Even for the, those very basic kind of facial rigging that they have in that, mm-hmm. they were somehow able to express that total disbelief that anyone could love her, right. really, right, in her face. And she does not know how to respond to that. She's yeah. definitely not going to know how to say anything to respond mm-hmm. to that. So she's just totally stunned in silence, yeah. has no idea what to do, but obviously like nice feels so grateful yeah. that for the first time, aside from her grandmother, mm. there's a person or multiple people, her comrades who are definitely friends yeah. now. Mm. Yes, yes, <laughs> uh, at least by this point. Actually yeah. cared that much and yeah. we're still thinking about her all those years later. It was just a really nice moment. On top of that, um, we bring him a, a flower necklace similar to what um, her grandmother had made her with the Lunar Tears. And yes. I think uh, Nir says, this isn't as good as your grandma's, but here you go. And her response is like, well, once again, she's just like, this. I can't believe you did this. But she, instead of responding like, yeah, this thing sucks, or yeah, you, you shouldn't have done that, or whatever she would have likely have said before, yeah. um, she's very appreciative. She's like, oh, the, yeah, this is great. Thank you. Like, like the first time where she's not just going to say some <laughs> profanity-laden uh, uh, kind of two-handed comment. Yeah. Cause, but if she's, she can't say anything that's just strictly nice... So she just can't say anything. <laughs> she just can't. She doesn't know what to say. She doesn't know what to and do. And this is this is an awesome part too. She recognizes Emil just immediately. Yes. So and she does. She doesn't even not. For she didn't a even mention it. Doubt it. He looks different. Yeah. She's like Emil. Thanks for coming and thanks for doing this. And he's like, wait, you knew that it was me? And she's like, of course, who else? Of course, I know it's you. Yeah. Like and she just accepts him immediately too. This Love this it. dynamic between the main cast. Yeah. This ability to accept each other despite each of their really messed up pasts, whether it be physical appearance or being a uh, just kind of an outcast and, and yeah. harsh personality and someone who's difficult maybe to deal with sometimes. Uh, Vice being this very condescending person. <laughs> very. It's like they're all in their own way really messed up people. Yeah. Nier is becoming much and much and more over the time just like obsessive about yeah. I will not accept the loss I will do yep. anything it takes to get what I want I will sacrifice anything. whatever like there's kind of a darker path so they're, they're yeah. a, a group of misfits yeah. and really messed up people that are able to find this deep level of companionship yeah. that is super convincing and natural and it's just great and it just really works yep um, but so because we freed Kaine, uh, that monster apparently has been still been there for five yes. years too and just been chilling. So he comes out, we're able to kill him pretty It's a really easy boss fight well. again, but yeah. I think this is intentional. I think it's meant ah, to show how much been stronger yeah. Nier has gotten over That's that five-year right. period. Mm-hmm. I don't know that for a fact, but I assume it because it's like the mechanics of the boss fight are more or less the same, Yeah. but it's just way easier to kill this time. It's just easier. So we're just stronger now. And it's so funny because right as soon as we kill it, it's gone. We're like, sick. All right, let's go off on our adventures. Popola shows up and she's like, hey, can I see you in my office for a minute? Yeah. And we're like, that's kind of weird. Like, yes. yeah, you're welcome. Okay, sure. <laughs> so we walk up and the first thing she says is like, Kaine and Emil are not allowed in our village. I was so <laughs> pissed. Oh my god! I was so pissed, dude. I was furious <sighs> by this. And again, I wasn't furious necessarily. Yeah at Devla and Popola. 
Because obviously and they were pressured by the villagers. Yes, yeah. I was pissed at the villagers. Right. Because I had done every single all one of, of their, their petty <laughs> side quests. All of their side quests. I did all oh, the great. stupid BS that they asked yeah. me to do. I went way out of my way to help oh my them. Gosh. And and they won't they won't even take my word as right. one of them who went who has gone over the moon to help their community. They will not even take my word or recommendation that these people are okay. Right. They're like, nope, they can't stay here. And that's when I decided, I'm not doing another side quest the rest of this game. Wow. I'm wow. done with side wow. quests now. That's how powerful, angry I was <laughs> at them for that. Now, wow. on the second playthrough, I will do the side quests in Act right. 2. Because I did all the side quests in Act 1. There's a bunch of them in Act 2. I didn't fulfill, a, I, I might have fulfilled one. But yeah. I didn't do any of them mm. because I was just so mad at the villagers for this. And I was like, nope, I'm on their team. I'm not on your team. <laughs> and this all works into the theme that yeah. we've been talking about. I the felt team. the tribalistic tendency. But it's what Yoko Taro wanted them. you to feel. Yes. It's what he wanted you to feel. Yes. And he was able to elicit that. Even when I Massively. knew. Even when I knew. That that's all what his intent was. That... <laughs> This is what the game's about. I yeah. was still so angry and so unwilling to understand their point right. of view that I was like, nope, I'm done. I'm no longer a part of your team. I'm going to go out with them. That's what I would have yeah. done in real life. Yes. And yeah. it's like, that's a failing of mine, you know, right. maybe my mentality. Uh, and, you know, Nier's initial response is very angry as well, but he kind of right. starts to he soften He comes back it. and apologizes. He says, sorry I got mad at you, Popola. It wasn't your decision. You're just doing the best for the village. Yeah. And she's like, "No, I'd be mad too." Like she's she's playing the she's playing up. Well, not play. What's the word? She's she's um, capitulating. Maybe that's I don't not know the what right the word, word is, but she's she's more empathetic than yeah. than she was initially. She's she's putting on more empathy. Yes. <laughs> in the conversation than he, she was um, earlier on, and and she kind of she wasn't like rude about. She yeah. was like, this is for the villagers. We're just trying to help. I think Devola was there too. And she was like, yeah, this is this is why we're doing this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was frustrating. But Emil, of course, is just like, oh, it's no problem. We'll sleep outside. It's yeah. fine. And kind of is like, I've been sleeping outside my whole life. And then Nier gets mad at himself because it's not just that the villagers don't like her. It's that he didn't realize that she had been sleeping outside this Before. whole time. He, yeah. he, he didn't like take any thought as to what she was doing with her life this whole time in between when she was with him, right? Yeah. And now he's so upset. He's just like, of course she just sleeps outside. Of course she's been sleeping outside for years, mm -hmm. for like almost her whole life. And, and I didn't think anything of it, right? Yeah. And so he, a lot of the anger he feels towards Popola is kind of himself. He's really upset with himself that um, she has to live the way that she already was living back when he knew her, but he didn't even know. Like, you know, kind of as a failure as a leader, I guess, of yeah. sorts, or as a friend. A nice introspective moment. Yeah. For the character. And yeah. But of course, leader. Emil's happy. And as we <laughs> meet with them later, I mentioned this earlier, but Emil treats it like, like a camp out, like a sleepover mm. with a friend. And, and he talks the way, it's so funny, the way he talks about Kaine. He's just like, yeah, you know, we just, we chill by the campfire and we just kind of talk. And, you know, Kainé's actually really interesting. She's a lot more sensitive than you think. Kainé's <laughs> like, hold up, buddy. I've got an image to keep up here. Don't say Stop nothing. Stop talking. <laughs> but I love it. Like, their relationship yep. is, like, really genuine. Yeah, it's, it's really, it's really, really good. It's really cool. So, uh, 
we move forward by saying we, we just we need to find a way to get to the shadow lord right oh yeah but as after when we were in the basement of emil's mansion didn't we find i think that's where we found a, Not, a thing no is um, it later it's later because okay, then it's later. It, they they say there's there's got to be something at the lost shrine that can give us a there we go a hint as to where the shadow lord's castle is where we can find him yeah and it's when you go back through the lost shrine to the top that you find the first piece of a key okay that's that right, unlocks that's right. the shadow lord's castle yeah. but there's several other pieces mm -hmm. you, you go back and you speak with Popolo about it and she's like okay we have these we have these hints they each mean different things there's yeah. Cerberus so yeah so there's, there's like sacrifice. Um, the law of robotics robotics the memory tree the tree yeah. and so, so those are really obvious it's yeah. like okay I gotta go back to the forest of myth and I gotta go back to the, the junk heap yeah the junk heap for that but, but there are Cerberus others, others that are less obvious. obvious and yeah. then sacrifice which is pretty general so yeah that, so it's yeah. like oh I don't know about those give me more time to think about it yeah. in the meantime you can go to the junk heap or to the forest of or myth. to the forest so it's one of those things you can choose choice, where to go yeah. first i went to the junk heap first i don't remember this and uh, <laughs> and this is where this is the only place in the game where i felt the pacing wasn't quite as great yeah because there are certain sections that are phenomenal in this quest to go get all the pieces because yeah. i mean it's pretty obvious as a player of video games and especially mm -hmm. rpgs and zelda games we're going to revisit all of the same areas yes. again. It's been five so years later. I'm going to go back to Facade. I'm going to go back to the area. I'm going to go back to Force of Myth and yeah. Junk Keep and everything. I'm going to revisit those areas a second time. And uh, there's a part of that that certainly felt tedious. Mm -hmm. uh, going, th You have to go through the, through the Lost Shrine like three times in the game. You have to go through the Junk Keep twice. Yes. Actually yeah. three times because you have to go through it. And then you come out and you get the thing that... Okay, so yes, let's yes, just get yes, start from the yeah, beginning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you go there, and Gideon, the little boy who had the weird animation, and yeah, was the like, wham, oh, he's yeah. like swimming. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's grown up. The now. only one there, and he's grown up, and his yeah. brother died yes. four years ago. And that we were death able to scene see that was intense. That was crazy because yeah. his, his brother got crushed by falling debris, and he yeah. tries to pull him out, and he like. You don't see it. You don't see but it, but you hear it. <laughs> you he pulls his body, and it's it it's clearly separated. His arm out, or something like that. Yeah. I, I got the sense. I that thought he pulled his arm. That off, his torso but, yeah. was cut. Okay, well, like they his don't whole show torso it. came off. I mean, that's and it's and his face as well. I mean, either one would be absolutely horrifying. But that kid saw some yeah. messed up stuff. And, and it was he, partly his fault. He was doing. He was somewhere where he wasn't supposed to be yes. when a robot came, and the, his brother, I think, saved him. Yes. And that's how he died. Yes. And so he's been yeah. psychologically damaged. Yeah, that's sucks. lost That'll his mother, lost his brother. He's alone now. Yeah. He hates robots. Wants revenge on robots. Yeah. Right? And so we go in there because he's going to make a weapon. The first time you go through, it's to collect. Um, the stuff, the yeah. materials necessary to for him it. to build this weapon, which I never even freaking used, because <laughs> it's a heavy two-handed sword that I right, I right. don't like for the combat. I like the the lighter one-handed swords. So, and I already had a really powerful one that I'd upgraded quite a bit. So it's like I don't want this weapon. But you have to go through junk heap and collect all that, go up the elevator and come out and give him the stuff. And then he's like, well, it's going to take me a while to make this, so I'll write you a letter when it's ready. Um, and so you have to leave there and you have a choice again. Should I go here or here or what right. Um But then you go back yeah, and you have to go through the whole freaking level again yeah. <laughs> and fight a boss this time. And uh, that's when Gideon comes through and he's just freaking losing it. 
beating on this robot like ah. It was like you. a robot and a shade. It was like a shade. A shade possessing a, a robot. robot. Yeah, that was that right. was interesting. And so, like, anyways, he asked you once you had he had completed the weapon. Will you take revenge on this particular robot for me, which is a shade-possessed robot yeah. that is the boss of the area? Anyways, that section, the junk heap section, is really long because yeah. you have to do it twice, and you already did it in the first act mm-hmm. of the game. So, like three times, you have to go to the it's, lost. It's shrine. very linear, and it's the same. It's the same level. Yeah. A lot and of you people ride the rails. Yeah, a lot of people criticize um, a game that's coming out soon, uh, the HD remaster of. Zelda Skyward Sword. Oh yeah. yeah. For it being having it backtracking and, and yeah, going through the and same areas a lot of times. Yeah, the linear. I didn't see it quite that way mm-hmm. because at least in Skyward Sword you don't do the same dungeon again. It's like it's like there's a shortcut yeah. through that part and there's another dungeon on the yeah, back of yeah. it. It's the same it's area. The scenery is the same. It's yeah. the same type of area. If it's yeah. a fire area or mm-hmm. a uh, a forest, forest area or, or a water or a desert, but like y- you unlock yeah. another dungeon on the back of the wa- last one, so mm. you don't have to go through the same area twice. Yeah, not necessarily. No. Right here, yeah. you have to go through the same area multiple times. Yeah, more or no less fighting the same things, doing the same things over and over. And yeah. so I got really tired of this junk heap level. It's my least favorite level in the game, and it was really long. Whereas, anyways, uh, they, they lay it on a little thick with Gideon when he's kind of losing it and he's beating on the dead robot a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it's one of the places in the game where I felt like, you know, usually there's a good use of subtext. There's a good use of uh, subtlety to how the the theme of the game is being sort of worked into the dialogue or worked into it. And here it just kind of felt really on the nose a little bit about how possessed by revenge Gideon is and the character's rejection of that. And just stating outright like, revenge is a fool's errand, yes, you know, course, Vice yeah. says. And, but it's like, how out of touch, you know, do you have to be to say that when you helped Kind of get revenge on that monster from Act One, mm-hmm. and oh, right. at this point, I had gone through facade. So yeah. after the first part of the junk heap, I went and did the facade mission, and then I came back to the junk heap again after getting the letter. Yeah. But at that point, I had helped the king of facade get revenge, yes. which we'll talk we'll about. Talk in a about that in a minute. It's like this whole game is a fetching pursuit of revenge. It is. It <laughs> but is. But we're gonna sit here and condemn Gideon for getting revenge. <laughs> It didn't work for me. I, sure, I didn't really sure. love the way that this whole junk heap section worked out. Yeah, it was my least favorite part. It was my least favorite part of the game. Yeah, me too. Not a fan of it. And I just wasn't a fan of Gideon. It was, it was hard to like that kid from, for me for some reason. From, he, from the first from the moment we saw him. <laughs> He's annoying. He's he was. He was. kind of a grating personality yeah. that I didn't really feel a lot of sympathy for, despite the horrific things he'd seen. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so, I, I don't know, it's, that section didn't really work for me. But the facade section Is this was, Forest of Myth again, or is this facade? Uh, so I went to facade next. Okay. And it was phenomenal. Very good. <laughs> uh, did, you, did you see it coming? I mean, yes. Were you aware ahead of time? Yes. I accidentally was, too. But, I was actually not happy that I was aware ahead of time, because it would have landed differently, I think. But it was really well executed. But I think that so. that section is really short. Very In comparison short. to the Very junk short. heap section. Yes. And it's like, I wanted way more of this those. Yeah. than that. Yep. Like, why couldn't I go through facade a couple of times instead of this stupid junk heap level? 
So with Facade, the um, the prince is getting married, and yeah. he's very excited. And we get the weirdest letter that's just full of formalities. It doesn't actually tell rules. you what happened. Yeah, <laughs> in accordance with this. So then he writes a P.S. section. Hey, I'm getting married. Come come to my wedding. <laughs> like the end. And so you didn't get that from the letter, but you got it in the postscript, right? Yeah. So um, Emil is stoked. He's so yeah. excited. He's like, I've never been to a wedding before. Mm-hmm. Like this is going to be so fun. So you go to Facade. This is another. Thing. This is one of the parts where I was like, man, I just love Emil's character so much. But we get there, and is he's just kind of thinking to himself. He's like, man, I'd love to get married. Yeah. He's like, of course, I'd have to find a girl that didn't mind how I look. And then it just kind of leaves it at that. And I was mm-hmm. just like, man, man, it gets me, dude. It gets me. Yeah. His character and just everything about him. But e- even still, he's like being optimistic about his situation, which is like really horrific. But. You know, he's he's making the most of it, right? So I love it. Yeah. But we go there, and the prince is there, and um, Fira, he's marrying Fira, yeah, the girl. Who, the girl from and earlier. And she still doesn't talk, right? Yep. But she's grown up. She's bigger now, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, it's a fun little moment. Um, I actually looked into this, and I didn't realize this. I figured they were probably both approximately the same age. So the king of Assad was about 10 oh. in the first act and 15 at this point. I figured she's probably, no, she so was what? apparently about 5. In oh. the first act, and she's only in, oh she's only gosh. ten at this point. So she's grown up, but not. Um, caveat, don't judge. Don't caveat, judge. Don't judge. Caveat about <laughs> Japanese culture and like age of consent and things of that oh, nature are viewed differently. It there. is differently. Still, even in Japan, ten is too ten young. Ten is young, <laughs> but you're but, right. There is there is a different um, yeah age of consent for the nation. I think is. It's much uh, younger than 12 18. or 13, but yeah. each but th- but each precinct has their own law. So if if you're in the country, you're in a precinct and none of the precincts I think are below like 14 or 15. Yeah. But the law of the country technically is like 12. But I mean even still it's Anyways, much younger it's lower than, 18. than 18 or but even in America there are some I don't know if you know this, but in Georgia I think it's like 16. Oh or really? There's some in different states, states it's different. Some some very few and in the mm. south, go figure. But <laughs> a couple. No, my family's from the South. I love the South. Don't don't know. We're not judging. We're not judging. That's how we're supposed to do. I'm just According saying. To Nier, we're supposed to. But yeah, in be Japan, the technical culture. federal age legal age is quite is quite low. Okay. It's still not ten though. It's still not ten. Yeah, it's still young. I mean, he's 15, so he's technically under the age of consent according oh, to so our statutory anyways. laws. Would still accept this. But. Whatever. Point is, they're a lot younger than I thought they were. <laughs> Holy crap! Way younger. Um, yeah, but they're getting surprising. married. And uh, it's 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 really well set up. Like they, they spend quite, kind of a nice amount of time like building up to this yes, wedding, yeah. and then it happens, and the wolves show up. Yeah, and they kill Fira, and yeah. it's like like right, like in one blow. It's a really violent, very quick. Um, yeah, but a, a very sudden death. Very like, sudden, but yeah, quite quite bloody graphic and and, yeah. and violent, and uh, you, you fight them, but they kind of run off. And so this begins the king's quest for revenge on the wolves. It's like, as long as these wolves are around, we'll never be safe, and they have to be annihilated from the face yeah. of the earth. And um, his, uh, his like, knights, his, like, second-in-command or whatever. The guards, yeah, the royal guards. As, as he convinces our party to go kind of alone yeah. to face them, he, he brings the, his, I forget the name of the character, but 
the, the like the leader of the soldiers mm-hmm. is blocking the path and is like, I can't let you do this because of go. this rule and this rule and yeah. this rule. And, you know, but it kind of, and it starts with technicalities, but he eventually kind of boils down to the human element of this is foolish of yeah. you as the king. Y- your duty we is to the people, you. not just to this yeah. one girl. Yeah. We're not going to let you just go sacrifice yeah. yourself. Because he would probably die. We need you as the king, mm-hmm. you know? And so like, we'll go. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and we'll, they all the guards agree. There's like 10 or 12 of them and they're all yeah. like, we're ready to go. But how, however that turns out, it sounded like the king should stay and they should go in his stead. But the king goes anyway. King goes anyway. <laughs> king goes with them all. Yeah. They all so come. we all go together and you go into fight these wolves. And there's something I noticed. Again, probably because I did so many side quests mm. and I did all the facade side quests. Mm, uh, right. When you kill enemies, and I, I, I noticed this with the wolves. Yeah. It's like they don't stay on the screen. The bodies don't stay on the screen very long. They disappear, which is common yeah. because you don't want bodies to pile up for the engine to render because it right. will eventually become overloaded. This is actually a problem with uh, a game that landed oh and I used gosh, to play a lot 10, called, 20 years ago. called The Matrix. Yes. Reloaded, right? <laughs> reloaded. Was it reloaded? Yeah. Uh, enter the Matrix. Maybe it's Enter the oh, Matrix. Oh, might have been Enter, yeah. Enter the Matrix. Um, we had a cheat on... I can't remember what it was, but we were trying to gather like, I, I don't know, we were just playing around. We are just mm-hmm. having fun with it. But we, the, the bodies were just piling up. Yep, and the and guns the, <laughs> and the, all this stuff every, was just on the floor. And eventually the whole game like blue screened yeah. because there was too many. Well, it was like, what was it, like four frames per second? And then it yeah, was just it was like just, It was getting freezing. worse and worse. But there was, I mean, probably like a thousand bodies on the yeah. ground that the engine was trying to account for and render. Yeah. All these assets at once and all of the items they were dropping. And we're just sitting there fighting in slow motion and just like diving around just killing thousands of guys. <laughs> Anyways, uh, probably that, unlimited ammo. This or is the reason why in games typically you kill an enemy and the body will remain for a minute and then it will eventually disappear. It'll disappear yeah. And so this was the case with the wolves. You know, they mm-hmm. disappear pretty quickly. It gives you enough time to go to the corpse and pick up an item if it yeah, left if they something. something yeah. But then it'll eventually disappear and the blood stain will disappear. Yeah. When you fight the wolves in the wolves' den, they don't disappear. Hmm. They pile up. Interesting. And I believe that that has to have been intentional because you are there to annihilate the wolves. You are there to yeah. commit genocide against so the lo- wolves. So look upon what you've and done. And they basically. want you to see the casualties piling up as you're doing this. Wow. Um, now, similarly to earlier, you brought up how Kaine spoke with the shade in the airy, right? Yeah, yeah. And that it has a language that we couldn't mm. understand, but Kaine can. Yes, she could. Uh, the wolf, the lead Wolf, who is the boss of this section, speaks. Yeah, and he's kind of shadish looking too. So. And he's a shade, yeah. but we don't understand what he's saying mm-hmm. in the A playthrough, the first playthrough. This is something that you will see on the second playthrough, which is more of a Kaine focused perspective playthrough, and she has the ability to understand the language of the shades. Mm. So now we're going to understand what the shades are saying as we're slaughtering time, them and yeah. killing them and we're gonna get a very different perspective on the story that way. Hmm. So, you know, it's kind of weird and you're sitting there going like, oh, they're giving like this prominent shot to this wolf as it's sitting there going, but we don't know what's going on. We don't know what it's saying. That will be revealed in the second playthrough. Nice. So anyways, but I took note of the fact that 
these these wolf bodies are just piling up, dude. It's just like, oh my gosh, we're freaking, <laughs> we're killing hundreds of these up. freaking wolves. This is a little crazy, right? Anyways, something to keep in mind for the, for the second playthrough. Good to know, good to but know. But you take revenge, the yeah. king thanks you, the and you get a piece uh, from the wolf. That was what the Cerberus That's meant. That's the piece, the yeah. loyal Cerberus wolf, was the wolf. The, yeah. loyal, the loyal wolf Cerberus is a piece of the key. So then you get the junk heap key, you got the lost shrine key, you got the oh, we didn't do facade of myth yet. key. Then you go to the forest of myth. Yeah. You, you meet this, the tree, the tree of memories, right? And it's, it's a big tree that apparently, the way he describes it, I don't know if this is literally how it is, but the way he describes it is every leaf has a memory written on it, right? Yeah. Just big tree. And um, he, the memories are fading. He's losing leaves, the leaves are falling. His, he's losing his memories, right? But this tree was like a storage place for um, general memories of the past, right? And that's why I kind sort of alluded like an, to this an before. archival of an archive, yeah. human history, mm. but like in memory form. In memory form. And so I, I mentioned before how a lot of these these people, the sickness that they that they have, it seems to have some resemblance to like something from the past, right? Yes. Now. That could be the tree, that could be their past life, as we'll get to um, later about what happened to them before things yes. you know, went wrong. But um, there's a ton of memories with this tree. And so they, they give a few of them, and the memories are all labeled with something. It says this, lem this memory is, uh, it, what encapsulated in this memory is, it can be summarized with one word, sorrow. Mm. Or um, like greed, or something like that, right? So there's like a woman who... Um, like she, I think she can't have kids or something like that, and, but she ends up fighting and she just destroys everything. And no matter how many times she fights, there's more enemies. And in the end, there's this looming enemy above her that blots out the entire sky and it's massive and she can do nothing but laugh. And, yeah. like, and that's the whole memory. The, these aren't like real stories. like a warrior stories. woman. Yeah. yeah. These aren't necessarily stories it's with just, beginning, it's middle, kind and of end. cycling through. They're just vignettes. Like visions into... Yeah. A moment of time a moment. in a person's yeah. life. There's like three of them back to back. Three of right? them back to back. One of them, which I love, this one says, and I really thought we were going to get a good story here from Drakengard. <laughs> it says, a red dragon oh, falls yeah. from the heavens, dot, dot, dot. I've forgotten the, I've forgotten the rest or something. Oh, shame. I really liked that memory. Yeah. And then he moves on to the next one. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man. It that was, was nice. That kind of ties things uh, up Into a little Drakengard, bit. But yeah. at the very least, it's there. So that's fun. That's cool. Um, that, that would probably be the first indication if you had no if idea. If you had no idea. If you had no idea be. that this was tied to Drakengard mm -hmm. so far. That would be the first point where Drakengard is ever mentioned in, in this any game. Way. I think so. I think so. The first time we go, like, oh, was yeah. that just him being funny, or is like this world somehow connected? Yeah. Well, this world is connected to Drakengard because that's a memory from that's a legit memory. The world, and he's yeah. the tree of memories. He's not just making up stuff. Yeah. So, um, anyways, the point being, this tree is fading. It's losing its um, memories. At some point, the memories will all be gone, and um, I don't know what more to necessarily say about it. This wasn't a difficult. Thing to get that piece from. You, you just know, have to it's do not another like fighting a boss. Read another kind of a yeah. longer story, and you get the next piece. But and it's not like fully revealed what this tree is. Not really yet, <laughs> because again, a lot of this this is kind of a trope of JRPGs mm. is the exposition dump at the very end, oh, where yeah. like everything is like unveiled. You know, 
it's it's a part of the genre that I, I've grown to not love yeah. so much. Like I, I appreciate where you have more reveals kind of scattered throughout the whole story instead of all at once. Instead in the of end. saving it for uh, this mind-bending mm-hmm. twist at the end, it's like yeah. see all along you. Yeah. You know, it, it's kind of become a we call it like just a part of the DNA of Japanese RPGs. Yeah, and it ha- a lot of it is you know it has Final Fantasy VII and. Xenogears to thank for that, right? <laughs> they kind of <laughs> yeah. started that trend. Yes, it's yes. Like, everything from that has it's been... It's like there's one, once that one piece goes in, then everything makes sense. But yes. they withhold that piece for Till as long the end. as they So can. it's like, Chrono Cross does this in a way I don't like. Yeah. A lot of games will save these big reveals for the end to try and like gut punch you with a big yeah. secret. And it's, you know, the effectiveness of it is... Uh, it varies from game to game, but it, it tends to be a little tiresome that that's kind of become the yeah. the way Japanese RPGs reveal their secrets. Um, but anyways, there's more to this tree than it just having uh, being a natural tree. I, I mentioned the word supercomputer earlier. Yeah. So you walk into it, and the screen just goes black. You don't you don't necessarily see this tree. Yes. Right. It is said what it is, but you don't actually see the tree. Um, but and that makes it kind of hard to visualize too. Exactly. But there is a shade possessing or that's inside the tree that is like consuming oh, that's right. that's the memories, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyways, you kill that shade and that's where you get the, the, the piece for the key. Um, oh, so. wasn't there? Oh, no, this is another. This is a good memory to bring up. Um, it, this kind of... You don't know what importance this has until later. But he gives a specific memory of a young boy who ends up in the hospital because he has some yep. disease, some yep. illness that's difficult for him that slowly leads him. It's probably Black Scroll type stuff. It slowly leads him to um, down this path of misery yeah. where he starts He's to hate suffering. everything. Yeah. And um, at some point, there's this young girl that shows up to just kind of like cheer him up and to talk to him every day. Because his parents and abandoned him. They can't watch yeah, him suffer anymore. They can't, yeah. They're yeah. like, well, we can't bear to, to be around him anymore. And so this kid's just alone. So this girl shows up, and um, he re- really enjoys her company, but he doesn't know how to, like, deal with her. He doesn't know how to be a, He doesn't know how, um, I don't know. He can't help the misery, the empty pit that he feels in his stomach. Yeah. And so slowly, even though he's very happy when she's around, slowly he begins to... to say things he begins to be more pessimistic more cynical he starts to kind of lash out at people including this girl at some point and it even says he knows in his mind that if he keeps acting like this she's going to stop coming yeah she's going to stop coming back but he can't help it because he's lost something important to him he's lost his humanity he's slowly becoming like this miserable creature that's not even like human right yeah he, he is just just this miserable thing that all he wants is rage and suffering in the world because that's what he's subject to and he just can't get past it. There's no getting past it. So, and then the story just kind of ends, right? Yeah, and a, a setup for yeah. what we'll learn about shades. But I soon. love, <laughs> I love, yeah, in this episode, so it's not. <laughs> but I love the tree so much because all of these vignettes are relevant to the story. They're very relevant. They yeah. don't feel or seem relevant, but they are. And, you know, when you find things out later, the, the hints are scattered throughout these stories. Yeah. So, Good stuff. Yeah. So uh, after that, you go to the airy, and this is the big meal moment. I'm guessing <sighs> the one that that 
that got to you. If not this, rough. then in the shadow. Yeah. In the, the shadow, shadow one was the hardest. One. Okay. Okay. But this one was rough too. All right. So I, I wrote down that it's. I, I felt it was a little tropey because they go back to the village first, and mm. Popolo gives you, of course, the mission to go to the area. Yeah. It was a little tropey that literally everyone is saying it's very strange that the Airy, a place that is as uh, secluded as possible, mm. these people who hate any interaction with the outside world are all of a sudden writing letters, inviting yes. people, come, we've opened a shop yep. and we want to everyone, trade with everyone. Come look. Please come yeah. to our village now. It's yeah. like this is very not typical of these people and this yes. is definitely a trap yes. set up by the Shadow Lord. Clearly, <laughs> clearly. And, and the response from Nier is, I don't care, I'm going anyway. Which now, is always what happens in, in whenever, it, it doesn't matter what it is. It's not even just JRPGs. Mm -hmm. It's like superhero movies. It's like anything. When the, when the, the main character knows it's a trap no, and they're going to go anyways. It is undoubtedly a trap. As he walks into Dolgodur with <laughs> yes, uh, Radagast. Like they know it's a trap. They're going to do what it What are you going to do? Anyways. Not go in? That, that, the story's over if you don't go in. But it's just like, <laughs> I don't know, it's just I know, so, there needs to be a however, better way to get around that. So the first time when, they, when he said that, I was like, oh man, like, of course they're just going to go anyway, and there's going to be a trap, and everything's going to go bad, and it's like, you didn't like come up with some kind of uh, yeah, plan for plan. that, or some sort of contingency. Than, oh, if it's a trap, then I'll just kill, I'll just kill everyone. Yes. Okay. But, sort of. the consequence of doing this anyway is what makes it work in a way that changes your perspective on the main character's yeah. kind of blind, obsessive yes. journey to get Yona back no matter what. Yes. So there's a heavy consequence to this action, yeah. and it's great. And so the whole it's thing very, works. very well done. Because things don't work out. See, if they went out, oh, it's a trap. Oh, it's fine. I'll just use my kung fu. I'll just fight them, and then I win, <laughs> and, and then we I win. escape the consequence. Oh, the trap didn't work. It's like, yes. no, depending on how you look at it, sure, that is kind of what happened. But, but it did not go the way that they wanted. Mm -mm. And it is, it is so obvious. Yeah. So they get there, and the people... There was the mayor didn't write any letter like this. Yeah, he's like, "What are you like talking that. about?" But there is there's a, a little a mercantile a yeah, shop in the town center, yeah. and it's like, okay, well, these people seem to be ready to talk. They'll sell you stuff. Yeah, and there's one person in particular you talk to, and he asks you a question about shades, uh, and, and the response from here is like, "I'm going to destroy them all." You know, mm. and he's like, "Really." All of them, everyone, 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 it like freaks out and then it mm -hmm. reveals it's a shade. Yeah. And this was the first time where you saw that the shades have some serious resentment toward Nier. They yeah. see him as mm. the bloodthirsty villain Shadow Lord. trying to yeah. destroy them, right? right? There's some sentience, they're, they're speaking and, and even Vice mm -hmm. is surprised by this, right? Yeah. It's like... These shades aren't just monsters, they can actually speak. And, and they, they can, can put on a human form of sorts, you yeah. know, like they look like people when you first, you know, yeah. were approaching them. And so, yeah. and anyways, you have to fight your way out of this, but it was a trap and there's all these shades it trying was. to kill you. By the way, are you were you paying much attention to the items that you were picking up from the shades as you killed them as the game progressed, specifically at this particular point? 
So this is one what of the things you, I yeah, took what notes you, on. That's interesting. Some I, I shades drop it. interesting objects. One dropped an old school book. Oh, yes, yes, okay, In yes. the airy. Yes. Some um, the, random so mundane, like a baseball bat that's The dented. little shades will drop things the like small coloring ones. books. Yes. And yeah. school books. Yes. And things like that. It's like, what is this? Toys. Yeah. yeah. And like, uh, you know, the, 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 the larger shades will drop um, like tools or yeah. like... Uh, Anyways, other types of items that are, are a little out of the ordinary. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about now, yes. So That's weird. Okay, that's yes. all right, Okay, so <laughs> you you fighting your way out of the um, out of the area and there's a lot of casualties. Yeah. Um, there's one point where there's a boy and a woman and Kaine Oh, that's right, brother and sister, right? Kaine insists that this woman is a shade. Yeah. Now she would know. Because she can tell, she yes. can. She knows the shade language. She's possessed by a shade. Yes. She knows what's a shade and what's not a shade. Mm -hmm. And and he's like, I don't care. It's my sister. I love her. And she kills the woman. And this obviously enrages and, and the brother. The brother. Yeah. And it's like the people of the area are turning against you now. Yep. And like everything's going wrong. Um, it's 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 and there's a, I mean a lot of people are dying because of, of your being there and going yeah. into this trap anyway. That you knew was a trap, yeah. And there's a big boss that essentially, I mean, Emil points this out, but, oh, Kaine gets cut and By falls the, unconscious. Uh, either the brother or the sister. Yeah, gets cut when and their falls guard was down, yeah. unconscious. Yeah. And so she's down for the remainder of the section, and you're fighting with Emil against this boss, which has essentially, like, consumed... The souls, or I don't know if it's the souls or if it's even the bodies of the the villagers of the area are inside of this thing. Yeah, yeah. And Emil says that he's like, "There's people in there, like, mm -hmm. but you fight and it he anyways." He thinks he's like, "There's a way we can get them out, get them out, save them." Yeah, yeah. So he's fighting for that reason. Nier is fighting to kill shades. <laughs> That's all he cares about. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's an interesting boss. There's an eye on it. It's like a floating sphere with a little eye, and you yeah, just hit yeah. that eye to do damage. And Emil kind of like locks it in place so you can sneak on the backside. Yeah, you got to go around back and and fight it from there. Eventually, it gets to the point where Emil kind of like loses it to a power that emerges in him. He's kind of losing control. Yeah, and he, which is likely what happened to his sister. Yeah, because she went crazy and we had no choice. Kind of like a berserk. Kill her. Yeah, mentality yeah. mode, and he just nukes. <laughs> The whole area. He kills everything. Everything. Except for us. We get out yeah. and we're kind of looking at it. I mean, I, I even like took a moment to stand there on kind of the cliffside and just kind of pan through. Like the whole thing is just wiped off the face yeah. of the earth. And Emil no is, is, is really, really struggling yeah. with this. Like, what have I done? And this is yeah. the point where I started looking at the main character near a little different. Because yes. it's like, I killed all of those people, mm. all those innocent people. And he's and like, kind of is like, oh, yeah, but you saved our lives. <laughs> it's just like, uh. <laughs> oh, dear. But that is, that is Yoko Taro's, the, the theme, right? Yes. As we mentioned last episode about the Iraq war specifically, <coughs> looking yeah. at it from the outsider perspective of someone from Japan and seeing that. And, oh, but you saved the American lives, right? Yeah. But how many Iraqi lives died? Um, uh, to this specific one, I had a few um, notes here um, because 
Okay, so what I wrote down here is that the Airy people were right. They didn't trust you. They don't like foreigners. They told you to leave over and over. In thinking we were helping them, we continually brought death and destruction to their people over and over until finally they were completely destroyed forever, all of them. Mm. And we ignored what they wanted, thinking that we were helping. Now, to some degree, it, it's entirely, it's probable that Nier knew he wasn't necessarily helping them, he was helping himself, right? Yeah. He wasn't even trying to help them, he was trying to help himself. But there is a famous quote from Ronald Reagan. I'm just <laughs> going to read this quote. I don't care what you guys think about him. But this quote is wonderful because this is, exemplifies uh, what Yoko Taro's point is here. And I think the area is where this is demonstrated most specifically. Yeah. So the quote from Reagan goes... Um, uh, Ronald Reagan, as he said, some 79 or something like that, he said, the, the most scary words anyone can hear is um, someone knocks on your door saying, hi, we're from the U.S. government and we're here to help. Yeah. So he says, that's the scariest thing anyone can hear. Well, my thinking was, yeah, if you're an American citizen and the government's coming to solve your problems. Oh, no, that's so bad. Because that's how Reagan meant it. But what if you're an Iraqi citizen yeah. and America comes knocking on your door saying, hi, we're the United States government and we're here to help. Oh, yeah. That's way scarier. Yeah, way scarier. That's way scarier, in way fact, scarier. because that was always the justification. We're helping these people. We're yeah. helping them. Anyways. Yeah, and, um, and that was kind of what we were there in the area to In the do area. We're going to help. We Emil's going to help. But every save time. them. They don't like us, but we're going to prove them wrong. Every time we were there to help, there were casualties. Every the, freaking This is time. why the Airy people are the way they this are. This is why they this do why that. why they don't want anyone and to come around. And they were right, because in the end... They're gone. They don't exist anymore. And it's because... And we do. He cared more about saving Yona. Therefore, I don't yes. care. It's a trap. I'm going anyways. Yes. And that's why the consequence really works. It's like they yeah. take something that is such a common trope in these types of epic stories where there's always a trap laid out. They know it's a trap, but they're yeah. going to succeed anyway. And he just absolutely flipped that around mm -hmm. and made it into a horrific event. Yeah. And it was something that really hit me hard. That was great. The and storytelling here is, is phenomenal. Yeah, it's really It good. is <laughs> extremely impactful. Um, and it makes you, because, yeah, you may look at Nier, you may look down on Nier because of, you know, his comments about this. Because he's like, oh, we got to keep, the living need to keep on living, right? We got to yeah. keep going. We're alive and let's let's move on. And Kaine says something similar. And hers is less um, like, oh, we're the important ones. Uh, hers is more like just don't think about it. You can't think about this. Like, mm. you, you just got to try to move forward and do better from now on, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, um, but Emil is, uh, dang it, I can't remember exactly where I was going here. Oh, yeah, he's the one that did it, right? He's the one that did it. But he is the easiest to forgive for what happened. Yeah. Because he's torn up about it. He, he thought he could save them, and he couldn't. And it's almost like he's the type of person who would actually learn from learn the lesson. This is the first time I think he went to the area, right? Yeah. He wasn't there before. And he was like, I can control it, I can do it, and he couldn't. Um, but he would actually learn a lesson from it, whereas Nier doesn't learn lessons. Like, he yeah. doesn't. He doesn't, like, his character doesn't grow except to become more hardened to the world and more like he was, like mm -hmm. he's just going down this path and he just keeps going further and further and further down this path. Whereas Emil and to some extent Kaine as well are both willing to kind of stop and look around and veer course a little yeah. bit. Nier is not. Nope. And so these guys are, these other characters are very good to have around him specifically for this reason. Um, despite the fact that they may be 
they may be the ones that ultimately, you know, cause some level of destruction, but Nier is the one who is spearheading this whole thing. So, And that was kind yeah. of the... This was a powerful scene for me. Yeah, this was kind of a secondary theme of my own interpretation, my own reading of the yeah. story, I guess, was this, this um, refusal to accept loss yeah. leading to yeah. greater and greater and greater loss. Like, sure. and, and we'll get into this. This is essentially where it culminates in the Shadow Lord's castle. But before we talk about that, I need to point out that we have about 10 minutes before our camera's memories will go out. Okay. But this will continue to run, the audio. Which one? And I feel like we need to get through the Shadow Lord's castle. <laughs> it's okay. the last part of what we wanted okay. to cover today. And it's going to kind of bring the whole discussion to a close. We won't have to retread any ground next time. So sure. when the cameras go black, if you're Sorry. a viewing audience on YouTube, hang in with us. I have ordered new cards that are much larger. Yeah. And they're coming in uh, next week. So we'll never have a problem with running out of memory in the cameras again. Yeah. So they have uh, battery power. They'll never run out of battery power because <laughs> they run in. And we'll have cards that are so large that we'll never possibly Unless we, Unless we do did what, a 10 or 12 hour <laughs> podcast. That's the only way okay. we could run out. So this will be the last time this will be an issue. From now on, we'll never have a time constraint. But okay. we do need to talk about the Shadow Lord's Castle, I think. Yes, yeah, so we leave the area. That was, I, I think that was the sacrifice one, right? Which yes. is fitting. Mm-hmm. Um, and that gave us the key that then we take. Um, to the oh gosh, room. dude, we missed. There's another thing we missed though. What did we miss? We can cover it later. What it's the miss? new content for 1.2, which is the sunken ship, the the, the shipwreck. Yeah, let's talk about that in the future because I, we'll this do is, that next I didn't episode. even have this in the Gestalt. I haven't even played it. I don't even know what it yeah, is. Yeah, it's new so. content. So we'll talk about that next uh, next time. Um, okay, so. You can take the key to the Lost Shrine now, yeah. and you can get into the Shadow Lord's Castle. That very first entrance to the Shadow Lord's Castle was really cool because you come in and it's like a, it's like a courtyard presidium. Yeah, with like this tree in the middle. Corporate, corporate like. I mean, you see kind of skyscraper like structures yeah, in the yeah. background. It's not it like seems a castle in the traditional sense. No, it's yeah, like that's a, true. That's true. It's like a modern day type yeah. of building, um, but you know. The first indication is that there's a door on the other side. You yeah. run over there and go through the door. But you know, you know, when you first enter an area in a lot of video games, it'll have like a couple of like shots that like establish the yes. the space. Yeah. Right? That sort of show you what like, this is over here, and then mm-hmm. like this camera here kind of shows the birds, and then and, it yeah, it shows this, and it, it takes you know maybe about seven or eight seconds to like show you the area, and it's like okay, I have a sense of orientation of where mm-hmm. I'm at. So then you go run and you go through the door and you and you enter and it does Same that again. Place, yep. And and I, I was like, oh, they're showing me. Oh, I see what he's doing yeah. here. It's we're on an infinite loop. We're on a loop. Yeah. If I go through the door again, I'm going to see that over and over and over. I need yes. to do something in this room. Do something else. Yeah. Kind of a cool little stylistic. Yeah. Well, and there's a story reason for that as well. Um, and Devil and Popola. Well, I guess I'm getting ahead of us here. <laughs> <laughs> We're almost there. We're almost okay. at Devil and Bubble. Oh, we'll get there. You have I'm to just talk saying, to the birds. <laughs> it's almost as if this sequence is trying to confuse you and get you to turn back and go, go back away. Home. Mm-hmm. And, like you're not getting anywhere. Go back, rethink your strategy, see what's going on, but just turn around and yeah. Yeah. So you have to talk to the birds, and it, I, I found this interesting because the bird you have to give the birds like passwords, right? Yeah, and but they're general. These are things. That we haven't learned about Nier's world yet. No, and I think that's why they only gave two answers. Yeah, two answers. It's like a. It's not like a big multiple Airbnb, choice. Because if you yeah. get it wrong, you just do it again. 
Yeah. But That's you learn why. for the first time about, they refer to shells. Yes. Like how to preserve humanity. You separate, separate the, the body and the soul. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you preserve the shell so that they can be reunited later. And, and, and and why did humans go extinct? Was yes. one of the ones. Yeah. And say because of the black scrawl. Because the black, yeah. yeah, the black disease or whatever they call it. Yeah. Anyway, how do you separate? Yeah, and then what do so you do? You put them back together. They're starting know. to give answers about like what the whole what the whole plan was from back in the day yeah. to preserve humanity. Back from the very beginning of the game when. Yona and Nier were in the little abandoned grocery store from that time period. What was the mm -hmm. plan to preserve humanity yeah. all these many years later? Right? The hook that got us interested in the game, it's almost like you've forgotten about it at this point. How are these people alive and 1,400 years ago? How later? are they connected? Yeah. I yeah. don't get it. Yeah. Uh, now we're going to learn the answers to this, right? Yes, finally. So you get the pat or vice gets the answers right and you enter into the Shadow Earth Castle. Now, here's something that, again, I don't. I've I've learned to not love about this just the the genre, the JRPG genre. Mm, sure. The final dungeon slash gauntlet no. <laughs> of bosses is a very for me. It 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 just is it it drags. Yes. It's like you have to just continually elevate. And the it's situation. like they want you to fight. Freaking yeah. twelve boss fights, and yes. then you get to the final boss, and, and they're like each versions, versions of, of the it. previous bosses you'd already fought. And, yes, and, yeah. and it's just like, dude, I am so ready to just end the game. Just please. That happens. It has the opposite effect yeah. on me these days. You know, even yeah. when I played Final Fantasy VII, which was the first real JRPG I played. I played Pokemon before that, but that's, oh well, that's not really what we're talking different. about. Uh, I, I played Final Fantasy VII for the first time. I remember the end of the game just feeling really. Tedious. It's just like, man, can yeah. I just can I just get to the end? Like all these random battles and you know, all these Kingdom different Hearts does something similar. It's just, <laughs> oh, come on, come on. Can we just yeah. get to the point? So yeah. that's just me. You know, I, I wish that they would just make one really, really good boss fight at the end yes. instead of like instead twelve of, of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and especially the way they ended one of them because. The um, the prince of the facade shows up with his guards. <laughs> yeah, okay. And this is where, actually, I made a note about oh that. Oh, my gosh. So you're ascending the tower, and you, you fight a freaking boar, which is one of the most annoying enemies in the whole game, even yes, back from the northern so plains to fight. so much HP, yeah. You have to fight that, and but then you have to fight it again, and then you have to find an armored version of it, and you have to fight the armored version like three times, and There's it's like chasing you up, version, and it just yeah. keeps going on and on and on. Yes. But this is... This is where I think we're going to reach that point of maybe some disagreement about how yeah. a scene landed for you and me. Um, <laughs> I th there's, there's, there was a moment at the very end with Yona that I thought was just beautifully executed. And then there was this moment with the King of Facade and a moment with Emil that I felt were a little feels over real Z to me. Well, I suppose, because I don't actually know what happened for any of this. <laughs> I know. And that, so <laughs> I want to explain this, it. We might need to go through all the endings so, in order to get what even actually happened. To, 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 to really summarize the castle, because there's not that much to talk about. First, you fight Devola, Devola and, Popola. and Popola. They ask you to turn back. We find out that they're androids. They are androids, they not have, humans. And that's why... Remember when um, Grimoire Vice was like, Ooh, that, it must be... The reason this song has been sung for thousands of years is because it's such a catchy tune. That yes. must be why. Yes. It's because Devola has been alive for 13, yes. 1400 years. They're and like, she's been singing the same song the whole time. They're like overseers of yeah. this project. 
But they aren't their, replicants, they're androids. Yes, they, yeah. they're, they were built to make sure that the plan succeeded. Yes. And what they reveal to you is that our characters and no none of the humans right now that we know of are actually humans. Yes. They are what are called replicants. Everyone is a replicant. They are bodies created mm. to preserve the souls of humans from a thousand, more than a thousand years ago yeah. to eventually be reunited with the body. The soul will eventually go back into that body again. Yeah. I think the replicants were supposed to stay back, keep Earth running, make sure everything didn't just go to crap. Well, it, and then at some, but they also, would not have died from Also, the and this isn't, this was something I had a question on. It's not, I, I read about it and I think it's revealed in a report or in one of the extra playthroughs. Mm. They, they, they're waiting for an answer to the Black Scrawl disease. Right, or they're they, just waiting it out. They're just trying to wait for it to go away on its own. They're trying to find yeah. a way to... They're, they're preserving the souls of humans for a time when that disease is no is longer, no longer an issue yeah. to reunite them. Yeah. And so these bodies can still contract that disease, yeah. right? Yeah. So they have this program where... These because the, the the replicants still age, yes, and die, yeah. but they just take the data and they essentially rebirth them again, yes, until so they're like in a cycle where they just keep getting reborn. And, it just keeps going. and the shell is preserved from the data that was taken and preserved yes. of that human being's life, but the soul is waiting to be reemerged with the body. Yeah, however, and the data gets corrupted if the soul relapses. They yes. use the word relapses. If the soul becomes corrupted, then that data becomes corrupted and the replicant and the body, can't be reborn. And the body gets sick. And then the body gets what they call the Which black is why scrawl. Yona has the black scrawl because yeah. her gestalt, or gestalt, which is the, the soul, soul. Yeah. is relapsing. Yes. Which is why Yona has the black scrawl and yeah. it, the body is affected by this. And this relapsing is, is and when this is it why, turns into a shade, basically. Yes. And this is why the Shadow Lord, who we will talk about the identity of in a minute, yes. is needs to take Yona's body yeah. away. Mm. Because, well, we'll get to that in a minute. But, okay. They're overseeing yeah. this project. Devil and Popla, yeah. And it's gotten to a point where the black scrawl has not... They've not found a resolution to this, but all of these shades, all of these gestalts are relapsing, mm. which is like this plague of shades everywhere. Yeah. And it's like we, we kind of are running out of options, and we need to just reunite the souls with the bodies. Right. Which was what the few that are left. The black and the white book reuniting was supposed to do. Yeah. It was supposed, they were supposed to come together, and it was supposed to put all the souls back into the bodies again. Right. But Vice is a traitor to that cause he and decided yeah. to not do it. And so Devil and Popola are like, you are a traitor and yeah. don't make us fight you. Please, we don't want to do this. But that's yeah. what we were programmed to do <laughs> is, yeah. to, is to make sure that the souls are reunited with the bodies again. And it is literally their only purpose. So while they have developed a very wide set of emotions and, and, and feelings and, and their own thoughts. Mm -hmm. They cannot override their programming. They are androids. They can't they have no choice. Yeah. As they like Nier, but they're going to fight him to kill him because they that's their job. Yes. They need he's preventing them from doing what they need to do. Yes. So Grimoire Vice has a quote here that I wrote down. But it's funny cuz Vice he's so understanding of their situation. 
he has a similar situation himself. We find more about that um, later. It's not quite the same, but he's got his own issues as well. Um, he says, those two, meaning Devil and Popola, have watched the world wither from time immemorial. The cruelness of such a fate is difficult to imagine. Yep. So like they were programmed to just sit there and watch the world completely like fall apart. Fall apart. And they're just the ones that have, they're the gatekeepers just to make sure that, I don't know, that there's still some replicants left by the end of it all. And, and this is, for those who've played Automata, you see some of the uh, connections there yeah. because all of the characters in Automata is that a spoiler for Automata? Do I have it to put up be. a spoiler warning? Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! <laughs> it might, maybe we should, or maybe we should bring it up later. <laughs> I'll put a spoiler warning for Automata. Go ahead, go ahead. I'll edit it in. They're all androids. Yeah. And they just don't know that all the humans are dead. In Automata, they they that's they, right. they, they don't realize. Yeah, that's right. Or, well, the leaders of the androids do. They know the truth. Right. But in order to give purpose to androids who live forever, well, that's they the Nietzsche make them keep fighting. The Nietzschean philosophy. Right. You need a Automata, purpose in yeah. life, otherwise you're yes. aimless and you'll be miserable and it right. will suck. So they keep they keep a purpose mm -hmm. by fighting for humanity, even though humanity's been extinct for thousands, thousands of, years, of years. When the last of the shades dies. Yeah. Right? When the last of the Gestalts dies, humanity right. doesn't exist anymore. And all of these shells, these replicants, would eventually die. And, like, humanity's erased. And right. thousands of years after that, androids are still fighting this invasion yeah. of robots or whatever and trying to preserve Earth for humanity that doesn't even exist anymore. So, anyways, that's kind of the, the yeah. Popola-Devola connection Popola -Devola, yeah. into the android role yeah. of the near universe. Right? Yep. So... Anyways, you fight them, and yeah, we uh, beat them. You kill well, bef so you have to fight them twice. The first yeah. time they kind of escape, and, and you're go yeah. you're going to continue after them. Uh, but then you fight this boar over and over again, <laughs> and then the, the facade people, the king of facade, is there. And yeah. th this is the, the, I, that was this the, this comes across to me as feels over reels because yeah, it seems like arbitrary. Yeah, like. How on earth did he get there? I There's know. like did one he, path yeah. up that we were going up. I didn't see them. How did they know we were here? Yeah. When did they show up? They seem to be coming from the other direction where we were going up. They're like descending the way <laughs> yeah. we're ascending to show up into this room to so the king of facade can sacrifice himself so that all the audience can yeah. cry. Oh, how sad is it that the king of facade died sacrificing himself to save us. So that There's is, no logic to this scenario. <laughs> it should not have been there. It makes no sense. And maybe someone in the comments can explain uh, why that happened because it makes no sense. It's like, how, how did they get there? It's not even They that didn't have the cool. key. Uh, yeah, they wouldn't true. have had any of the answers to that's give right. to the birds to get <laughs> into the room. Well, but here's the thing. Did the room, did the doors close after we went in the room? So did they follow us up? or Because it <laughs> looked know. to me like they came down yeah, from the door. Yeah, it seemed like they were from a different direction. Or they just appeared suddenly. Yeah. And it, either way, it's stupid. And I, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say <laughs> that word in reference to this type of thing, but I really didn't appreciate I it. Didn't I did not like it, it at all. I yeah. didn't feel the weight or the impact of that sacrifice. No, it didn't matter. It didn't matter at all. Because it felt so in fact, out of I was left kind field. Of, I was kind of upset that the prince, it's like, sacrifice yourself, whatever. There's like all the guards that are with him too. Yes. 
But it was, you're not. Wasn't, sa- you're sacrificing wasn't, them. You are sacrificing them. Wasn't That's the whole point of like the leader guard that we need you, the yes. king, to be like? Why would he ever agree to go on some sort of suicidal yeah. mission where the king is going to get killed? What's going to happen in facade after that? Who's going to be? He hasn't. He doesn't have any kids. Yeah. There's no king to like pass the kingdom on to. Like, what are they going to do? Did they write some new rule about like passage of like? That's a good question. Like, That's right. There's no explanation or thought or logic mm-hmm. as to why they would be doing this. And like, in order for me personally, and this is a, a thing I go back and forth on with some of the audience, where it's just like you just gotta like feel the like the impact and like not think about it so hard. But it's like in order for me to feel it, it has to be convincing. Right. And it's not convincing to me, based on all the interactions we had before, that they would ever let the king do this, or that he would even be willing to do it, or that he would even know it's happening, like that he would mm-hmm. even know to show up there, or you know what I mean? So it's like I know there's too much that they'd have to convince us of in order for that scene to actually mean something first. So I didn't like it. No. And then similarly, you go and fight Devla and Popola a second time, like the real yeah. boss fight this time. Probably, actually, in my opinion, the easiest boss in the whole game. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> when they telegraph when they're going to show up. Yes. It's, so it's, there's like a, bzz, like a thing yeah. on the floor, and the AI of your allies will turn in the direction before it even appears there. <laughs> nice. So I know where it's coming. I roll over there, and you wait for a second, and then there's like a knockback. You can like disrupt their attacks. So the mm-hmm. second they're vulnerable, hit, 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 disappear. I know exactly where you're going to appear. Roll yeah. over there, wait. Hit, 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 hit. They never touch me. Nice. <laughs> it's, I felt like the Shadow Lord's Castle and like a lot of it at the end felt like it was a product of being rushed for time. Which is unfortunate. Why do you do something that long and big you don't have to do if, if you are rushed for time? Which is, Some which of is, it might have been that they left so much story stuff for yeah. the very end that they were like, we can't cut it because then we're cutting story stuff. Again, too. I would rather have one really yeah. well-designed boss fight mm-hmm. oh, yeah. instead of like seven kind of bad ones. <laughs> as like your epic conclusion to yeah. the story, right? It's like they yeah. were more concerned about elevating the situation in JRPG fashion mm-hmm. than they were about creating a fight that is actually meaningful and substantial. And so like none of them felt very good. None of them felt very satisfying. All of them were too easy. And it just felt really long and dragged out. Mm. Uh, also, while you're... There goes the camera. While you're ascending the lost shrine like you're climbing ladders and it's so slow climbing yes. these ladders yes that's true it's so fetching slow we're not like assassin's creed just and and but the shades will it. be sitting there waiting for yeah, you and yeah. they'll hit you off the ladders yeah. so there's just like a lot of design ideas yeah, where design. i can tell they didn't have time enough to polish it all yeah and so the shadow lord's castle as a level felt that way all the way through for me sure, yeah. so that's probably part of why I felt the way I did about this next scene. Maybe, maybe I was just frustrated generally. Mm-hmm. But when you finish off Devil and Popola, I mean, it's a nice yeah. little scene where Devil uh, dies first and Popola's furious and there's no stopping and we're like, now. Can you stop? And yeah. she's like, there's no stopping why? At because this you point. killed my sister? Like, yeah. yeah, I feel like all of that's wrapped up really well mm-hmm. into the core theme of yeah. Nier. But then, again, we've talked about the difference between hard and soft magic. And yeah. magic, when it's resolving problems, when you don't understand how it works, can be yes. a problem, right? Yes, absolutely. So, oh, uh, 
Emil comes up with this great thing. I'll create a little shield and fly away. <laughs> and we're just gonna escape over here. But yeah. then Popola has power to trap it. And so and it's pull like- pull it back. And so the idea is that her power is too overwhelming for whatever power Emil is using. Yeah. And it's gonna overpower them. They're gonna die. She's gonna kill them. Right. But then Emil decides to self-sacrifice. Yes. And get them away, but he'll have to die in order to save them. Now, again, the reason why I feel like this is a, it came across as a little feels over reels for me mm-hmm. is because I don't understand the magic. I don't understand why he doesn't have, he has like an understanding of all magic now, right? Right. Well, yeah, there wasn't any other, he couldn't he pull some other have, magic out. Well, he doesn't have control over it, and that's why he killed all the eerie people. Like, he yeah. knows how to do it. But it it gets it gets out of control for him. He can't like focus it or something. And I'm, I, I don't even know what he does per um, se. It's like a black hole kind of. Yes, or something. he he nuclear bombs her. But it's weird because so he falls into her magic, and you're right. It's it's almost like a black hole because he's it's almost like he's getting he's falling into an abyss. Yes, as he falls into her her. Whatever she's doing and whatever she's doing, I don't know what she's. It's doing. the combination. It's of their possible magic. that she created. A black hole-ish kind of thing. He falls into it so that he can be all the way in the middle, and then he blows up his nuclear bomb just to blow up everything. Yeah. Right. Theoretically, and it including pushes, himself. However, they, it pushes yeah. them in their shield to the other side. Yeah. And he. But has it does to away with himself. with Popola, I think. But it it was it's hard for me because I would have liked to have a better understanding of why there's no other answer. When there's soft magic and I don't know any of the rules and I don't understand, it's hard for me to understand like there's really no other way or like what's even happening. (laughs) And if if there was some, and you don't necessarily have to explain all of the rules of the magic, right? You don't have to go like into such details, someone like Brandon Sanderson or something. Mm -hmm. But it helps to set up that this magic does this and this magic does this earlier in the story. So that when Devola uses that magic, we go, oh, that's what that magic does. It annihilates. Right, this does seem to be It's new. like a god particle that yeah, like yeah, erases yeah. existence if you touch it. I'm making sure. this, I'm pulling this out right. of my butt, but the point is you set up what Devola or Popola's magic does mm-hmm. earlier in the story. So that when it shows up, you go, oh, that's the unescapable spell. Right. But you've also set up earlier that there is a counter to that spell, but it requires a sacrifice, and it, for this sure. and this and this reason, it requires to happen at its. And so place. then, yeah. Emil and the audience, from understanding yeah. how the magic work goes, this is the only way to save you. I have to do this. Then it would have worked for yeah. me. So the moment the moment doesn't work for me either. Oh, no. I was surprised. I thought this was the scene that no. got to you. No, it does get to me. Not <laughs> okay. from a story perspective. Okay. From a character perspective. Okay. From the character of Emil, not the story. The story it was confusing. I have no idea what's going on. But the the um, h- how often do you watch a movie or play a game or anything like that where the hero decides to self sacrifice and as they're going into the self sacrifice. They're like gung-ho the whole time, even past the point of no return. They're like, yeah. got to do this. And yeah. I could bring examples, but I don't want to just tell everyone character, or well, the characters movies change, where the main character dies. affected by... Yes. Yeah. But say, I don't know. Well, see, there's one great example, but I just don't know if everyone's seen the movie. Oh, okay. But it's an example within the Marvel Universe. So that's... Uh, I won't... Is, is that enough? I don't know. That's I don't enough. think that's supposed enough. There is a 
And the, well, in movies in general, when, when the hero decides I'm going to do a heroic thing, the heroic thing happens and the hero um, doesn't like second guess. You don't read the hero's thoughts as they're dying. Um, if you do, it is, oh, I'm so glad I did this. I did this for you, right? Yeah. So Emil self-sacrificing, that didn't get to me at all because the story thing didn't warrant that and I didn't feel it. Do you know what it felt what, like to me? What just, I did feel. Just a quick okay, interjection, what? sorry. The movie AI? Yes, yes. Where at the end of the movie, mm -hmm. I mean the, the, the robot kid, the whole movie just wants to be reunited with his mother. Yes. And the aliens, I guess this is a spoiler for AI if anyone cares. <laughs> I know, I'm just saying, I don't want to spoil <laughs> If <it>. anyone cares, <coughs> artificial intelligence, movie. AI, Steven Spielberg movie and, from um, early 2000s. Haley Joel Osment. Haley Joel Osment's the main character. He's a, he's a little robot kid yeah. who looks and behaves almost exactly like a real child. Yes. So he wants to be reunited with his mother, his human mother. And the aliens are like, we can bring her back, but only for, for one, one day. day. <laughs> it's like an arbitrary <clears throat> cons constraint yeah. that is that exists only to give you a tearjerker ending. Like yeah. there's no setup to it. There's no like logical explanation for why that's the case. It's like they're just manipulating their audience to make them cry and to have a sad ending without like earning it, without like doing the work, putting in the work in the story to make that moment work and make sense. Right. That's what I felt about this Emil's sacrifice. It's like, do you know what would be the most sad thing we could do? Is this sacrifice kid. Emil. So we're just going to do it. Yeah. But we're not going to earn the reason, the, the circumstance mm -hmm. for how it comes about. I, that was why I didn't like the scene. I 100% I agree with you. <laughs> I do. I really do. Okay. So what gets me is after Emil has sacrificed, it was after he had made the decision. Because usually for a sacrificing moment where... Like in The Return of the King, where Frodo's on Sam's like, don't you let go. And you do kind of feel for a split second there, like, oh, Frodo might actually let go. But that's the decision. It was, it, uh, and of course he didn't, so that's, that's why I'm even using that example. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the after that decision was made. So the story happened, eh, you know, whatever, and Emil, some things happened, deus ex something or other. <laughs> it happens. Uh, things go how they go. But as soon as Emil lets go, and as soon as he's out of view of our characters, I think Kainé and Nier and uh, Grimoire Vice. Yes. Um, he curls up in the fetal position. Yes. And he's like, what's it like to die? Mm. Now, there are some movies like um, like Return of the King where, um, where Pippin's like, oh, what's it like to die? And Gandalf, but, but he's immediately reassured. Gandalf's like, white shores under a swift sunrise. And yeah. That's not so bad, right? Okay, right. now I'm ready to self-sacrifice. Emil doesn't get that. No. He lets go. He falls into the nothingness. We don't know what it is, but that leads to the character moment for Emil that um, he, he's going, he's going to sacrifice, and as soon as he lets go and decides to do it, he starts second-guessing. Like, Dowling do I want it. to do this? That's true. What is it like to die? I'm cold. I think that's one of the things he said. He, he, he like, huddles up, and he's like, I feel cold. And he's just like getting smaller and smaller and drifting further away and further away mm. until the final moment where it's like, and the thing happens, right? And he does the thing. Story-wise, I 100% understand that doesn't work. But character-wise, it's like, holy crap, that's real. Like, that's yeah. very real. Yeah. And, and no, most movies or stories just in general, they don't, um, they don't like show the characters like real like what, what a human actually probably does think when they get shot in front of somebody else. They're not thinking, oh, I'm so glad I got shot and you're alive though, right? Please, 
you know, say goodbye to my wife or something, and they die, or I don't know what, what it is. This is different. This is like yeah. completely self-isolated, like there, there is nothing in the world anymore, and you've just given up everything, but you don't get to see the fruits of it. Anyways, the, the way that they dealt with it from, as a character moment, and it was just like two or three lines that yeah. Emil says as he, as he floats away, is just like, whoa, that's freaking powerful. And it was extremely well done, not necessarily from the story perspective, but from the character of Emil. It, it, it touches the human nerve in a way that like very little else can can ever do, and it makes you kind of think a little bit. Like this is this is just a bigger deal than than it seems. And Emil yeah. was so quick to do it because of his personality, but when it came time to do it, it was a really really hard thing to do. And I don't think you. Um, you get that from other stories when people sacrifice. It doesn't seem so hard for them to do it. Yes. Like it seems like, oh, of course I did it. Oh, I did it for you, you know? And it this just lands completely, completely differently. I, I really like that actually. That's a really interesting perspective. Yeah. Because like you're saying, they treat the self-sacrifice in other stories like, oh, um, the, the person is now at peace in the next life or that that person yeah. uh, is smiling down on us afterward yes. the fact just like immediately and, and, and yes. receive their glory afterwards it always shows that warmth later on and emil is initially speaking about the sacrifice as right. if it's going to be okay yes, you know like to his friends. it'll be all right you know and even like, to himself yeah but as soon as it actually death begins yes. there's this horrific horrific doubt it was very and, it's scary and fear yeah that Oh, wait, what does this really mean? Right. Where, What's actually going to happen to Where am I going to gonna go? Is there a heaven? Is there, like, what is what is this? Like, what, is it over? Is everything yeah, over for that me? I've changes. lived for so long, and is everything just, like, over now? I agree with that. Yeah. That was powerful. That I was very powerful I do agree with that. That is really, really interesting twist on the self-sacrifice trope yeah. in itself that I think about a little differently now that you've mentioned <laughs> it. So thank you for that. I like um, it. Okay. Emil then, is my favorite character. I have a hands down. Emil's a really him. good character. I like Emil. So then you get to the Shadow Lord's uh, chamber, like the end of the game, right? You fight the boss. The Shadow yeah. Lord is It's kind of like a bedroom thing. And Yona's there. She's <laughs> Yona's just kind there. of laying down. And this is where yeah. you kind of like, it kind of pulls together the whole like gestalts and replicants reuniting thing. Uh-huh. Because uh, she's like, Dad? And well, well I guess brother. it would be brother yeah. in the other version, right? Yes. And 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 we our like character is like, yes, yes, I'm finally here. But she's not talking to him. She goes past him, yeah. and you see them cross. Yeah. And and she's talking to the shadow and lord. That's where it finally clicks. And it's like, oh, the shadow lord is the gestalt of our main no. character's replicant yep. body. Right? And if you look, and once you know that, you look at him, and you're like, he even he looks, looks similar. Like him. But you didn't make that connection before. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I don't know who did. Yeah. Some people might have. So it's like the Shadow Lord is the soul of the man that we saw, or the boy that we saw in the prologue sequence in the who fought off all those shades in yep. the abandoned uh, yeah. mall or whatever building, grocery store. So he became like the original gestalt that worked because yes. he had some motivation, I suppose. Yes. And, and Yona... Um, Anyways. Yeah, so he and Yona from the first scene yeah. are are these, the Shadow Lord and the, the Gestalt that's yeah. been reunited into the shell of Shona, the replicant Sh Yona, who was 
part of the program that we're reborn over and over and over yeah. and over and over again. And so, anyways, the Yona that is speaking is the Gestalt. The Gestalt, yeah. Which would, you would say, well, it's not the actual Yona. No, it is the actual, actual Yona. Yes. The real human Yona from yes. the beginning, yeah. Is speaking it's to not her the one that father or brother yeah. who was the one from the prologue who is now the Shadow Lord. Yes. And reveals that these replicants have developed their own personalities, their own yeah. consciousness. Yeah. And it's not right for us to, because she's, she's saying, I can like, I can sense this other being inside yes. of me. She's crying. She wants that her father. Her, yeah. She loves her father just as much as I love you, or right. brother just as much as I love you. And she has to fight that. Yeah. And she's like, so I, she, I have so to live were, with this voice. They were literally reunited. Yeah. She, they were able to get a gestalt into a replicant yes. for Yona. Now, the reason, again, that the yeah. Shadow Lord was so desperate to do that is because when Vice did not combine with Noir, which mm. was supposed to put all of the replicants and guest yeah, back yeah. together, it, it, and she has the black scrawl, right? The, 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 the replicant body of Yona has mm. the black scrawl. That means that the Gestalt, Yona, is relapsing. Yes. So he has no more time to yes. wait yeah. for the black scrawl to Because if you be wait resolved. too long, then the, the Gestalt becomes a shade. Becomes a shade. Yeah. Yona would have become a shade. Yeah. And so he, he was like, there's no more time for this. I have to take the replicant body and reunite it now yeah. in order to stop her from relapsing. Right, so he's desperate to save Yona, which is his whole goal from the very first For prologue scene of years. Yes. has been this. It's one singular focus. Yes. And our replicant version of the character has the same singular focus, but he wants his daughter who has her own personality yes. in the replicant body who the, the, the gestalt is saying, I can hear her, I can sense her. There's this depression and sadness and fear and worry and it's not right for us to do this. And, mm -hmm. and, she, and she sacrifices herself to allow that personality. She, she accepts death. Right. Yeah. The the Gestalt oh. Yona accepts death. She walks over to the window. Now, <clears throat> this is understood throughout the whole game, but the Gestalts cannot be exposed to sunlight. Well, yeah. shades can't, but by extension, Gestalts would not be able to either. Yeah. And that's how she kind yeah. of does away with herself. He goes goes is out she, into the sunlight. So she just essentially kills herself because she understands the futility of the situation. The replicants think their own thoughts. Yeah. You you can't you no longer can possibly put a gestalt into a replicant, they would all have like massive uh, dissonance in their minds of like the, the replicant life yeah. versus the gestalt life. It's like yeah. a multiple personality issue that every single one would have. And she's like, you know, I love you, but I gotta go. Yep. So she opens a window and that's it. And yeah, Yono, Oh yeah, so then we have to like wake her up, you know, because mm. she's like passed out. But what, what really struck with me, this was the scene mm. that landed really, really, it was very resonant in how it landed with me. Yeah. Like the way Yona explains this and just the yeah, yeah. sense that the secondary theme for me is about, ex is about the importance of accepting loss, mm. right? Like for those who ah, refuse to accept that's loss, very good. Yeah. they will not accept it. Like, you know, what do they call it? It's like the the five stages of grief. Oh, or yes. Whatever, Acceptance right? is the Acceptance final. Acceptance is like the final yeah. stage. And it's yeah. and that's kind of like what Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, yes. is all yeah. about. It's about acceptance of loss. Mm. That's what the game is exploring. And I felt like this was kind of true of this game as well because Yona 
is the one who has to explain to her brother or father, like, it, we're trying to preserve something that was lost so, so long ago mm. that the it, it's only in continuing to pursue returning back to us what we lost that we are bringing loss right. to everyone else. Yeah. We are, we're continually like, and, and it was the same for our main party. It's like in order for Nir to get Yona back, you had to lose the King of Facade. You had mm -hmm. to lose Emil. You had to lose all the people of the Airy. You had to kill thousands of shades who are humans along the way yeah. to get what you wanted returned to you because you yeah. cannot accept loss. Right. You refuse to accept it. But in the pursuit of that, look at all of this that you did. Yeah. And even when you get it back, how could it possibly really ever be the same again? Oh, exactly. How can you just go back? Exactly. Because the people of the village, you, <clears throat> you, have, a, you have a problem with them now yeah. and all the things that they lost in the process. You're never going to go back to five years ago, 10 years ago, whatever it was, when you and Yona were happy together at home. Mm. That life is over. It is lost and you're never getting it back. And you can either accept that and move mm -hmm. on to the next phase of your life right. and learn how to live with loss, or you can blindly pursue refusing that and make everyone else around you suffer in that pursuit. And both the main character and the Shadow Lord they were, both doing, were doing that. Yeah. In fact, by extension, I think you explained it to some degree like the shades and how the shades are and why the shades are in general. Yeah. How it just all becomes a shade is at least possibly in part like not accepting loss. Just refusing right? to die, yeah. refusing to and, move on. And just, yeah, yeah. And it, you become resentful and then it just becomes, it just spirals and it becomes this thing and you become a monster. Yes. In the and pursuit of refusing to accept the loss, you will become the monster yeah. that oppresses and hurts other people and causes more loss and devastation. And yeah. this is also true of in part like kind of the whole Iraq war. It's like a horrific right. thing was done to, to you know, New York, the people of the United States, to the people in particular who were affected in, the, in that terrorist attack. Yeah, yeah. And the pursuit of revenge, the pursuit of I will not accept that you did that to me. I will not accept that. We will not move on from that. Mm. We're going to get you back, right? We're gonna push like you were saying, our yeah. views onto yes. your country has created a war that has now I think almost the longest two decades war in American history. I think two decades. Yeah. And what have we accomplished there, other than more and more loss? Yeah, like half a million people died. I think so. It's more than died that is the only <laughs> end of that pursuit of revenge. It's the only possible thing that can happen. And the, the effects of that, as you mentioned, how do you just go back? Like what if, because there's a lot of agitation and we're getting a little political, but you know, <laughs> what if you withdraw all the troops from Iraq now? Yeah. Now what, you can't just go back to normal after, after 20 years of destroying a you country can't. and killing half a million people. You can't just leave and be like, eh, okay, sorry. Like, we're gonna go back to normal now. We did what we wanted, Saddam's dead and Osama's dead and now we can come back. And it's like, well, you just made a whole nation of people hate you. They're not gonna live peacefully with you anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that goes to the idea of what are you gonna do now? When you go back, now what? And so 
things won't be the this, same. This this just struck me so powerfully. I felt like yeah, it all came powerful, together in this scene, and Yona was the one to deliver it, and the Shadow Lord won't give it up, so you have to end up killing the Shadow Lord, and then, like you said, bringing Yona back. And I wish that they had represented this idea a little better in ending A because they kind of play yeah. it off like a happy ending. Like they do <laughs> just go back they do. and they live their life and everything's happy. Yes, because afterwards we see they're like laying on the grass, but they're young yeah. again. It, it, yeah. I guess the, the implication is that they live their lives, they die, they're re- reborn again as replicants again. Oh, that's actually a good point. I don't know if that's really, because we'll have to see. But. I, in the version I played, it was just the father's no longer wearing the mask. <laughs> Okay. I guess Yona is in the replicant, younger version young. of Yona. Yeah, she's the so, very So, okay, that's good to clear up. I, I was like, yeah. maybe she just got a haircut to look like she did before. But you're it's just saying you models. see the younger version of them. Okay, yeah. so you just see a younger so version of them. it's either a flashback or it's the future and they were reborn again. Uh, yeah. The, in the replicant system. But how did that happen? Because I Devil and Pupil are dead. It's the how that's difficult. Anyways... <laughs> The whole point is like... Well, I, people in the comments will know and they will tell us. I but do, we will find out probably as we keep I playing. I do wish that the, the A ending had incorporated this idea that you can never go back to normal again somehow. Yeah. I think they purposefully... Because this is how Drakengard was. Ending A for Drakengard is, is a, a happy good, ending. happy, peaceful ending. Yeah. And, you know, there's still some tragedy and suffering, but it is, it is what you could expect from a happy ending of a story. Yeah. Um, and I think that's would be Yoko Taro's thing. Like, hey, give people the ending they want first. Then we're going to pile on the With real the, issues and yeah. the, hey, this ain't so happy after all kind of stuff. And that happens later. And I, my guess is that that's going to be true with Nier as well. And, you know, Kaine sort of just goes off to do her own thing. As yeah, you would she waves us She's off. Because like, right. we're like, hey, do you want to chill with us? And she, holds, us. she looks at her arm and says, I got my own, you know. Stuff to take care of. So, to take care of. <laughs> to take care of. No, exactly, <laughs> but but like you're saying, some people will get that. With a Yoko Taro game, when you see the credits for the first time, uh, the game is not over. In fact, yeah. you're really closer to only being about halfway through the game. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> you you only got to the halfway point, really. Yeah. So that's uh, what ending B and C and D yeah. and the new ending E in the yes. new remaster of Replicant are, are probably what we're going to be discussing next time. As well as a lot of the world-building lore and character revelations and a lot of tidbits that get revealed in the second playthrough. Yes. But we've now at least summarized... We've at least got the base story. The main events of the story and and kind of gotten our feelings out about the execution of those scenes, the technical storytelling part of it. Now it's going to be all about probably the philosophical side of it. Yes. And what does it all mean? The theoretical and the... The the few differences between yeah, each playthrough. We're going to be focusing on those and why they did them. Exactly. So so what what should people expect next time? We're going to do B and C, or are we? Well, so I actually don't know how long each I'm, next additional I'm ending pretty, is. Maybe we should do B, C, and D. I would say we'll shoot for talking about ending B, C, and D next time. And if E does turn out to be quite short, that's fine. We can go into more of what we were planning on for the last episode of our general yeah. answering comments. And answering comments like and just yeah, like... General thoughts Anything about we missed the along thing. the way. Yeah. And we can kind of talk about ending E. And maybe even some of the DLC content. Because there was even DLC in the original game where you like go into um, like some of the diary entries of oh, Mir's yes. mother slash wife mm. and like find out what happened to that person. That's so... There's and like you said, there's an extra like there's ship a whole, or something a like that. A shipwreck and a whole extra character and um, there's quest. a whole lot of additional yeah, content, which was quite good actually. to the remaster. Yeah, 
So we'll probably go over that stuff in the fourth and <coughs> final episode of the of this analysis. The ending E one. So okay. I, I, that's what I would say. I would say play through to ending B, and uh, well, you'll either have to choose ending C or D, but then you'll have to play the and game again. And then play again, again and then do or the have other. a save point before then, yeah. and then just watch the D ending, right? But the D ending is kind of. Um, there's a finality to the D ending that you might want to look into first, because I don't want to spoil it per se, but just be aware that like it's intense. There's a a meta game save file altering thing that will happen to your game data <laughs> if you choose ending D that will make you have to replay the game again from the very beginning. Oh, wow. Not Thanks. from the time skip Yoko part. Taro is just great. S and if you play an Automata, you probably know what I'm talking about. Well, ending D is the, the one that Automata goes off of, right? Is off of it near ending D. I believe that's to be the You case. might be right. Yeah. But Anyways. Anyways, that's all the time we got for today. Thank you for watching slash listening. Uh, like I said, next time we'll have new memory cards that are... These are 64 gigs in these here. Uh, we're going to have 256 twice in those cameras <laughs> and once in that one. So we'll never run out of space again. Uh, yeah. We could make a five-hour podcast and we'll be good to go. So uh, appreciate you guys. Again, if you, if you appreciate the show, you want to support us, hit us up on Patreon, Subscribestar. The, the, those links are in the description. And we will see you again next month unless we hit our subscribe uh, or hit our Patreon goal, in which case we might see you in a week. It all depends on you. Depends on you. <laughs> Peace out, guys. We'll see you next time. Peace.